Hey, well, I'm Haley Rantia from ABC's The Goldbergs, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. Oh, balls! <laughs> That's great. <laughs> did I say that right? Yeah, yes. you did. Yeah, you did. The Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Right, guys, it's time for another episode of a Celebrity Soto, your host with the most, here for your weekly pleasure, recording on a special Tuesday night, uh, and uh, for good reason, for good reason, uh, I'm attending a screening for the best of the 48-hour film project for Baltimore and our short film. Pinoy Noor uh, was selected. Um, we don't know any of the other nominees, but because of that event happening tomorrow, we were, we're coming to you on a Tuesday night, guys. Uh, but nonetheless, it's still uh, going to be a phenomenal episode. It doesn't matter what fucking day we, we record uh, sh- the show. The fact that we're, we're back, uh, that's all that matters, guys. Again, I'm Al Celebrity Soto. Uh, let's go ahead and introduce this amazing panel, which happens to be an all actors panel and an all screen actors guild panel again, right? Right. Uh, starting with that's right. She is coming to you from Jersey or New York or Canada. The, the location seems to rotate. Nonetheless, uh, she is a great friend, a phenomenal actress. She is Adam Kuchma, AKA the ravishing Russian. Welcome back to BTV. Thank you. I'm happy to be back as always. Yes, we're happy to have you back. And um, which location are you um, joining us from? Uh, like I said, you you rotate a lot. Well, currently I'm in the Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Jersey representing. All right. Good to have you, Anna. It's been a minute. Also, um, yeah, he's just one of the most genuine guys you can meet on a set, guys. Um, he is a multi-talented actor. You might have seen him it's like kind of the Showtime darling. He's been on Billions. <laughs> he's been on The Good Lord Bird. Um, he's also been on uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I think he's got another big project coming up very soon. I'm not sure if he's allowed to talk about that yet. But nonetheless, guys, Vinny Mac, Vince Eisenson, back on BTB. It's good to be back, BTB, baby. <laughs> It's been a minute, Vince. It really has. Wow, I can. It's been months and months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're glad to have you, man. I know things have gotten busy for all of us, really, uh, as actors that also have other hustles, like yourself, Vinny, being um, a dad. That you had a lot of great vacations uh, very recently, didn't you? 
a lot all of good vacation. Place. Yeah, I was all over. I'm based all over the place. So that's yeah, you're also based all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, I was East Coast, West Coast, uh, had great some great vacations and did a lot of auditioning on the road. Yes. That's what you got to do. You always got to bring that tripod. That's uh, right. Because you never know when, um, <laughs> you know, you're going to get the, that big audition. And if you're not home. You don't have your backdrop, your tripod, your light or whatever. As long as you have your tripod, someone to hold your damn phone, you yes. can make that audition happen. Yeah. And, he, I, you know, I bring this little cheap ring light, but, oh, that thing is terrible. So <laughs> do what you can, folks. Get a good yeah. ring light if you're going to at least make yeah. sure it's good. Because the cheap oh. ones, they're cheap for a reason. <laughs> right, of course. And you were in San Diego and North Carolina, correct? Yeah, San Diego, North Carolina, and Nantucket. Nice. Thank you yeah, as well. Yeah. Very nice. Anna Kay, you've been traveling yourself? Yeah, I did some traveling. I've been yes. in Montreal and Canada. Yes. That's right. You're the calling from uh, New York? Yes. I'm in New Jersey. Yes. Tom's it's River, right? Location, though. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. Did I... You know? <laughs> the Russian. The ravishing Russian. Well, I had a really interesting uh, time, a uh, real fun time with our own Chachi McFly. In Brooklyn, New York, I attended Woo-hoo! a very cool pop-up. Um, this is probably one of the best immersive experiences that you you could do because not only was the immersive part very fun, but like the after part. Because usually, you know, you do the immersive experience, you go to a merch stand and that's it. This This particular Stranger Things experience uh, did you know an amazing job with the immersive? It was like a part escape room, part problem solving in the beginning. Two different like aspects. The problem solving aspect being putting together a puzzle and who 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 was designated the group leader. Hmm. And then you go to like an escape room aspect where uh, demo dogs are attacking the lab and you're trying to to apprehend or somehow um, you know try to help some of the scientists escape and. And things like that. Um, and uh, the third aspect is a ridiculously amazing 3D experience uh, with uh, with Sadie Sink uh, and um, Millie Bobby Brown. There's uh, respective characters as Eleven and Max, and very realistic demodogs and demogorgons. Um, <laughs> in this crazy like 3d woods atmosphere so and i know why they didn't want photos and videos in the immersive experience because it would obviously take the 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 mystique factor out of it but uh and that's okay because at the end not only was it a merch stand they brought a whole bunch of stranger things uh fandom into one place they had an arcade they had um, a Surfer Boy pizza. If you saw the most recent season of Stranger Things, you saw the Surfer Boy pizza, which was actually pretty damn good. You got a, a Scoops Ahoy, which we saw in, uh, prominently featured in uh, season season two, I believe, right? Yeah, Scoops Ahoy, I think it was first introduced when they did the mall scene at Hawkins. Um, it was just so cool. Stranger Things cocktails, like themed cocktails. Um, these were all included all included in the experience whoa okay yeah. Yeah. although the although the food and drink no that was purchased separately yeah, but the purchase. whole, okay but to, to be in that that um you know 
part of the experience was included um, at the end because again, gotcha. usually you go to these experiences, they they end with a, a merch shop, and that's really it. So I see this one. This one kind of took it a step further, you nice. know. And uh, and with Chachi McFly being the consummate movie fan and and uh, hip hop fan, New York's own mm-hmm. uh, Biggie Smalls got to check out some of his uh, iconic locations. Uh, his um, the row home that where he grew up, um, several murals that are all over the place with Biggie. Um, check out uh, Adam Yock's Park, named after the late great Beastie Boy MCA, uh, which is also located in Brooklyn. Um, and uh, the iconic um, barber shop in uh, Coming to America. So mm. I got to check that out as well. So, you know, uh, Chatwick Fly, uh, when he goes on his adventures, he does these cool like visits, a lot of the... Uh, movie locations and tries to emulate as as close as possible in the right aspect and dimensions of his photo with the screen capture and he'll put them like on top of each other to kind of compare and I, it's pretty clever and i kind of joined him with the fun with that one as well so uh um so that was a lot of fun man to check out brooklyn coney island uh uh, was a lot of fun as well. Um, wasn't really gentrified, um, but you know, it's it's the original, it's the original park, you know, amusement park in New York, and uh, you know, it's still very iconic. Despite uh, again, I wish it was gentrified, maybe cleaned up a little bit, but uh, oh, nonetheless, yeah. right, right. It's, Did it's you go nice to the place. Coney the park like you the went on the Ferris park. wheel? The music park, the amusement park, the oh sweet, the rides, the uh, checked out a little bit of the beach. Yeah, I used it was to cool. live a few blocks away from there, so. I'm... Okay, I'm you're familiar. you're very familiar with that, right, Anna? Absolutely. And would you agree with me? It it could be a very like escapist destination for tourists, but but they don't really it's clean not. up. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's still considered it's it's considered still to be kind of like not a good neighborhood. Like mm. it's it's chill, but like if it's not a weekend, I wouldn't chill there past like. Once it gets past me. Exactly, exactly. In fact, there was a shooting I heard. Uh, that weekend we were there uh that occurred later in the evening luckily uh i was at a karaoke bar with our our friend uh, roberta another actor uh based out of new york and uh escaped all that madness but uh nonetheless yeah that was my weekend guys and uh um and uh, just a really quick mention that uh pinot noir is part of the baltimore 48 hour film festival i wanted to throw out the plug for the website, I think um, a lot of stuff is still in progress as far as um, social media and all that. Um, but CiscoVaris.com is the production company of our director, our fearless leader, Francis Abbey, which you can see a link going to the YouTube page of The House Guest, which is the film that's up there now. Uh, Pinot Noir, uh, not, it's not up yet, but uh, I believe it's going to be up very soon because uh, Francis and team wanted to wait for this best of screen and make sure and you know we weren't even informed that we were in the best up till monday so there wasn't really much planning because i wasn't certainly going to attend if we were not nominated but uh sure yeah um but now we are. gotta go okay now sweet. we gotta go and yeah. then so, is killing me yeah <laughs> i know well next week on uh, next week's show we'll we'll review the results and see if uh Woo-hoo! or dmv or uh myself or any of the actors uh, pulled in some actor awards and uh that would be very cool. Nice. But, uh, yes, I wanted to go over uh, everything in the world of entertainment, but uh, uh, this particular news bit kind of ties into um, the topic of the week, which I wanted to uh, start with uh, on tonight's show. 
Uh, and uh, basically, uh, it's a show that's near and dear to a lot of our hearts because it's shot in the DMV in the Baltimore area specifically. And it's uh, Apple TV's Lady in the Lake starring Natalie Portman and Moses Ingram. And there was a very sketchy situation that occurred this past Friday. So apparently um, there was allegedly a group being very disruptive to production, uh, apparently claimed to brandish a gun to the workers. Um, Apparently production was placed in an area where they work and being drug dealers, that's probably a corner where they frequented. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently wanted $50,000 or they would shoot someone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this doesn't certainly paint Baltimore in a positive light um, at all. Very uh, good, for sure. But yeah. there is new um, new news that just broke out about this, that uh, the so-called extortion threat against Lady, lady in the Lake, um, which supposedly initially was thought to be drug dealers, now apparently is a vendor um a vendor that had a store on that block where they were shooting which because they were shooting and you know the store had to be closed they lost business for the day Mm. so here's what they were selling and you know obviously there was something fishy going on over there (laughs) maybe so but now they're saying Maybe there never was a gun, and maybe somebody yes, made that up. Thing. It's getting a lot fishier each day. That's the thing. It's it, the story is is changing. It seems to be very dynamic right now. Who are the sources? Who's saying what? What are apparently, the allegations? Apparently, production has has talked with uh, um, police about it, um, and I think they were able to ID somebody. Is there uh, a police report that we should? I pull think there is. In? I, I believe there is, yeah. yeah. I believe there I is. I don't know if I can so, pull it up here. Literally, the Baltimore Sun Evening Edition had something, but I haven't read it yet. So yeah, <laughs> maybe at some point in the show, I will. Uh, yeah, so it's a local street vendor update. selling clothing. Upset, they they were not compensated by production, lost business, could not operate. The individual told detectives he talked with a crew member and a security manager. He was awaiting paperwork to receive compensation. Uh, but he was also arrested on narcotics charges. So maybe that's where the the, the narcotics charges were kind of, uh, you know, misinterpreted uh, as a drug deal, perhaps. That's maybe. what I'm at. You know, like if if you, there's no foot traffic, it usually has something to do with drugs not being trafficked to the customers. So obviously they'd be upset if they lost a the whole day. So they and started and we don't yeah, certainly that's that's everyone's hard to 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 go to their place of work as an actor to go on set and uh, for a shooting to occur and uh not too long ago anna there wasn't there was an incident where uh, a locations pa i believe was was yeah. shot in cold blood by that someone was, in new york right yeah it was in brooklyn i think in greenpoint in one of those stages Broadway stages see um, i think it was around 5:30 in the morning and, and this wasn't the, an isolated incident either. I think a few years back, something similar happened. This was a guy who was uh, reserving parking spots right. for the production. So the guy who would basically put out the orange cones. Right. The other cars just wouldn't park there. So the question is, was it done 
because somebody got upset with the fact that uh, they were blocking off the area where they wanted to park or was it gang related or was he there at the wrong time it just it's a lot of different factors i think so yeah, very so, sad and, you know yeah so i figured this would be an interesting way to segue uh the topic since all of us are actors here on the panel this week sometimes we don't have actors but this exception works because everyone is an actor in the studio uh virtual studio that is uh to, to talk about um the craziest or even oddest experience that you personally experienced on set so um anna k i think your wheels are turning i think uh maybe we'll start with you craziest yeah. and oddest and scariest and I scariest guess. and scariest yes because you know i started thinking about it this wasn't a big production and i was just starting out in the business and so i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna be in a movie and i have a co-starting role and this and that so i was very excited and at some point the guy tells me hey um this was a feature film but independent and everything and sure. so the guy tells me oh and at some point you're gonna get killed and i'm like okay cool that sounds fun you know but then um the day came and they brought a prop gun and they're like okay we're gonna shoot you point blank and at that point, I didn't realize that's not how you're supposed to do that. You really don't point the gun at the person unless you have a prop gun master. Absolutely. On set and Absolutely. Everybody's trained. Everybody is aware of what's happening. I was so green. This is even before I became union. So this was this was a long, long time ago. And so thank God I had somebody to give me an idea to basically do the shot um, on screen, meaning just the gun, me separately falling down. So the gun was never actually being pointed at me. So it was my reaction shot of me falling down and then the, the guy taking out the gun and going poof, but there was nobody there. Okay, no one was there. That works. However, still, still, still trepidatious, still scary. It just you, you got to think of Brandon Lee and what happened there. It was yes. pretty much the same thing. So I just put those two together and I was like, that could have been me. This is not regular guys that th these are not professional people. Right. Therefore, it just it could happen to anyone. So I, I, I would actually bring that up as a think about it in the future. If you're put in that situation, just say no. Just tell them, you know what, figure out a way of not pointing that gun at me because mm -hmm. there are ways movie magic happens every day i'm sure Let's, movie magic in a positive way yes of course uh you mentioned brandon lee but even more recently with uh, alec baldwin and helena hutchins obviously absolutely uh, yeah, that was a bit different but absolutely i think it, yeah. it, it applies in the sense that it was a similar situation it was uh, more negligence in my opinion right else well that that's uh that qualifies as a good one do you have uh, an odd one or crazy one um yes this was also kind of an odd and there was there was two more so one i'm just going to quickly mention it this was gotham and um we were playing punks and we were shooting in the cemetery and at some point i remember director yelling okay guys now everybody's going to be dancing on the grave and we're like, uh, okay. So we were literally dancing on someone's grave. 
on a, not on a set cemetery, but an actual real cemetery. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a real cemetery. Oh my gosh, that's insane. That's that's yeah. really scary and crazy. <laughs> one of them was even actually. I'm glad you thought of that space. one. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, we spent two days uh, in that cemetery, and um, some of the the shots, the regular shots, was just was just fine, you know. But the the, right. the whole wording of "let's dance on this guy's grave." Like not not like 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 do a circle and walk around, but like dance, party, like bring ruckus around. You know, there's beer bottles. There's a girl that pull, pulls up on on the bike. It was it was all crazy, but it just really hit me. And I'm like psychologically, I I almost didn't I couldn't handle it. It, was, it. it stuck with me. Wow, that's a good one. That's that that's wild. That, that, <laughs> because you know, gosh, God forbid somebody. You recognize a tombstone. Say, hey, that's grandpa, uh, grandpa's tombstone. What the fuck is going on? You know, grandpa but... finally made it to TV after all. Right, that <laughs> could be a positive well, thing. This is the same way, sort of. I'd like to segue so this way Vince can have his chance because it has to yeah. do with Kelly from Billions. I mentioned him, I think, oh, the other time. Yeah. So this was an Americans, and mm. so they were just looking for a girl who was five feet tall and petite to double, photo double. Do we guys know what photo doubling is? Oh, should yes. I, sure. Yes. Should, should well, I mention? Maybe for the audience. For the yeah, audience. tell them, yeah. Okay, so so basically uh, when an actor not necessarily doesn't want to do the action, but is will require to do many takes, they will use a photo double to shoot from the behind. So this way we don't see the face. But then, then for the face shot, we use the real actor. That's right. So um, I show up to the trailer. They're like, hey, so did you bring your bathing suit with you today? This is in the middle of the winter, by the way. I'm like, um, not really. I They didn't tell me anything. Why? What, why, why, why would I need a bathing suit to photo double? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so it turns out. So the wardrobe guy tells me, well, that's all right. We got you. We'll, we'll give you a bathing suit. Uh, well, we're doing a baptism. So you're going to be in the, the bath pool in the church and we're going to be dunking you for half the day or the whole day, you know. And I'm like, uh, OK, uh, great. He's like, don't worry about it. The water is warm. You know, it, 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 it's all good. You'll be fine. I get there. OK. I mean, I'm like, right. I totally did not sign up for that. I'm not getting paid enough money for this either. And I'm like, but that's all right. I like this production. All the people are cool. They know me. I've been doing Americans for quite a long time. The Ravishing Russian and the Americans, you know, there the connection. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so first we practice a bunch where I get dunked uh, backwards, but not fully. And Kelly from the billions was the one holding me pretty much the whole time. He was such a trooper and so nice. Oh, now I know this scene. Yeah. I'm okay. This is when the daughter gets baptized. Exactly. I was yeah, her photo double. The daughter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So wow. we practice a bunch of times. I, I even have pictures. Maybe I'll send you those. You could post that if you want. Yes, please. <laughs> and so. Not that I'm trying to solicit bikini photos from you. <laughs> sure. And, um, um then finally we get the director 
And for some reason, the camera is right on my face. I'm like, why? You're never going to see my face. But the guy tells me, okay, Anna, please. Now we're going to dunk you all the way. When your head goes into the water, we're going to hold you under the water for about three seconds. Make sure your eyes are open. Don't hold your nose. And when you're taken out, make sure you look up into the camera and keep looking angelic. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, okay, oh uh, yeah, uh, I could totally do that nod. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're dunking me, not head down, but, you know, backwards. Right. So the water. Water like, is coming you know, into your face. Yes. All the nose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not one time. It was about five or six times all the way down like that. And I'm like, can I oh, please gosh. hold my nose, please? Yeah. Like. No, you cannot. They didn't let me hold my nose. And they asked me to keep my eyes open also. Mm. Wow, that's totally uncomfortable. But uh, <laughs> well, that, but that, that definitely qualifies uh, as a very uh, great, great, great one there, Anna. Well, I, I was a trooper. You know, I did everything they asked me to. Uh, but I definitely wasn't comfortable being dunked so many times. But thank God, like I said, I had a right partner who made sure I was comfortable and felt safe and everything went well all right all right let's talk to Vinny. Vinny, uh you had <laughs> oh. a, uh, a scary crazy odd experience on set um see now you got me thinking about photo doubling i i won't go into that but just briefly it's amazing how the how much communication is dropped with photo doubles i lost a photo doubling gig i went all the way out to pittsburgh to do it um, they had me hang out for like three days because I had to be tested and they kept delaying the shoot. I right. get to the set at midnight. It's a night shoot. They're like, okay, go to the makeup trailer. Go to the makeup trailer. I walk in. They say, okay, pull your mask down. I do. And they say, where's your beard? It's like, no one ever mentioned a beard. I The, the only pictures I sent you were me clean shaven. What are you? They're like, oh, we can't use you. So I wasted three days in Pittsburgh. It's the middle of the night. And they're like, just just hang out and uh, uh, we'll let you go after rap. I mean, it was just a total waste of time. So not dangerous, but just annoying. Right. Um, in the danger category, you know, nothing too bad. A lot of weapons mishaps. I'd say yeah. on Al knows we used to do a lot of these crime reenactment shows. Oh, yeah. And a lot of those got you get people who've never acted before. And yeah. I remember a woman with a, a pretty heavy prop gun thinking she should pistol whip me in the scene. And I'm like, that's a heavy gun. What are you doing? Like we did a take where she like whipped me with a pistol mm -hmm. and it was like a very heavy. I was like, you, you can't do that. And then another one where I had to be given a lie detector and they're supposed to strap me into the chair. Oh. And this guy was crazy he was like strapping me as tight as humanly possible like oh his belt God. is like digging into my flesh and finally i just had to say dude it's called acting man just just pretend you're doing it as tight as you can right you have to really do it flashbacks, by the way Jesus. what's that that's giving me flashbacks because i did bonding and i was in a straight oh. jacket i mean this was a fetish kind of thing but still uh you know it was so <laughs> I just very interesting. And now this story has taken an interesting <laughs> turn. Turn. <laughs> and I had a guy really take his role really. Hold on, seriously. hold on. Okay, you you brought it up. Are you talking about 
you this is in real bonding or in pretend bonding? This was a show called Bonding. Oh, and a show. Oh, a show. Okay. Oh, well, still interesting. Not really doing the yeah. The you could see me with a straight jacket on in the show. Wow. I was playing a dominatrix in that. Okay. And we're yeah. taking class for a dominatrix on how to be and what to do <laughs> to be a good dominatrix. I, I, there are other I, things too, which I the PG we can't talk about it. Yeah. You gotta watch it. I gotta watch. I think Anna's winning so far, but I want to hear Al's dangerous or odd well, story. Well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go the indie route and then I'll go the studio route. So my scariest incident um, was uh, for an independent film that I won't name because this actor has uh, has gone on to become a little bit more than the indie darling he once was. Um, but uh, one of his earlier film projects that we shot, uh, a house party scene. G generally, these things. Are a lot of fun, um, but uh, you know, at the time I was doing a lot of martial arts, so we were doing a lot of choreographed martial arts, and, and doing a martial arts choreographed scene on an indie level, micro indie level, <laughs> is already dangerous as it is. My dumbass uh, gets convinced to do a fall into a bar stunt. Oh. So they they put um, now. Granted, I'm an actor, not a trained stuntman, but willing to take one from the team so they put me in this hard vest under my shirt and then during the fight scene i get pushed into the bar and um granted uh the fall far the the bar falls back <laughs> with glasses on top landing and luckily i did not get injured from the glass i did feel it in my back the next day oh. but because so i agreed yeah, because I agreed to it and because they are friends and colleagues, you know, and I wasn't seriously injured, I didn't I didn't take it any further. But, that, you know, at, at the time, you know, doing something like that is uh, I would consider pretty brave, uh, considering, um, you know, we're in the copy credited meals category. <laughs> and I'm doing a bar scene, a dangerous crashing into a bar scene fight. It's like. Uh, but wow. they gave you Welch's, right? Only yes, the best fruit snacks. Oh, yeah. Gummy bears. And, there you go. And, uh, I'll have to tell you guys two more stories afterwards. I'm sorry. Just okay, remember. that's okay. On the studio level. So this is an interesting uh, studio movie, which I, I don't think I should mention the title only because, who knows, maybe somebody from the studio is listening and, and can do something crazy. So I just think when you're hired as a background actor, you should not be anywhere in a very close proximity to stunt people. So what happened was it was um, a scene where we had to sit in our cars, parked, um, simulating an, an actual traffic jam where a motorcycle um, drives in between and the, the prop cars uh, are in between where the actor and the stunt people are jumping from car to car next Ooh. to your actual car when you're inside. Oh, geez. So um, this was a major studio film. Uh, this is a long time ago. Uh, we're paid as background actors. Uh, weren't given any extra incentive for safety or maybe even a, a bump for stunt work. Uh, <laughs> but uh, those, the motorcycles and the stuntmen just were a little too close for comfort. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've heard that a horror story from Transformers where um, – uh, an actor, a background actor, was sitting in their car, and a crane uh, crashed through their their car and, and and 
gave uh, permanent brain damage to. to oh the, my god! Sure. Yeah, the, the, it's it's yeah yeah it, it's it's pretty scary. So uh, I think safety measures should be in place. You know. And I think uh, I think uh, during Sorcerer's Stone, I think a car went through something. Um, uh, I I don't remember the exact the thing, but a similar thing. I just don't remember if anybody uh, anybody got injured. I think the car was total loss or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of an odd story, but you know, we I, I meet a lot of odd people on the set. I guess I could tie it to. Uh, Maybe um, you could just, talk to Radio Man if you ever met him or, you know, we all want to get our, our camera time or screen time. But but there's a couple of people uh, in particular that I know that love to just kind of mosey their way and push their way <laughs> into the front of camera and uh, would claim to be um, chosen director's pick chosen oh, as okay. featured. And uh, this individual has done it mm, several times. Uh, <laughs> Not only to me, but to other people. <laughs> I just think I just find the kind of odd, off-putting behavior. Uh, I'm sure I could think of a few others. Uh, yeah, but that, that's what really comes quickly uh, to me right now. I mean, I've all, I've had a lot of pleasant and fun experiences on set, and I figured if it, it was fun and pleasant, we would have like hundreds of great stories each, right? Oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. So obviously, we got to narrow it down to odd crazy or dangerous and that's where i'm going with it i i honestly totally forgot before like the you got one more you can top I, what I, you got yes yes i can with two that's why i even wrote it down i'm like so segue again from you now about um i don't know should i name the movie i, I you know what i can there's nothing nothing bad Yeah, feel, whatever you're comfortable doing yeah i think it's fine this was john wick the original one mm-hmm. and once again i was placed uh Stun double, principal, stun double, stun double, principal, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and then the two directors right. who are both, not just directors, but also stunt coordinators, professional. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing the rehearsal at half speed with everybody. And then he tells the principal, hey, you know, she's not a, a stunt person. Take it easy on her. Great. Still doing it at half speed. Then we actually do it correctly uh regular speed but basically bullets are flying things are going on mm. uh, i get smashed against the wall by the principal <laughs> and i have to fall down and then as the bullets are flying i have to go across this is on balcony scene i have to kind of jump from one side to the other in front of him before he gets to keanu so that was pretty crazy and could have been extremely dangerous because there were shell casings on the floor pretty much all over the place over there. Jesus, mm. wow. But you know what? I did, after fighting a bit and trying to get an upgrade and everything, I did get compensated. There you I, go. That's what not, we need not, to hear. Not, yeah. not nearly because they should have really upgraded me to stunt double. Or yeah, stunt totally. Double, but whatever. I got some money out of it. Not happy, but okay. So that's, and the other one was um, oh, a similar thing happened on the Joker, by the way. Ooh. On the train. Out of the train fun car. scene of work. I remember that scene. Yes, where everybody's wearing the masks, right? Yes, but but you you can actually see me. But the thing is, they cut oh, yeah, out the scene where where the policeman as he goes uh, through the cars, 
he starts checking people's faces like under the mask to make sure that we weren't the jokers right mm -hmm. and so he first time they didn't tell him not to be rough with us and who was a stunt person who wasn't so he grabbed me and like like this like by by the collar and i'm like sorry please like don't please and he so I actually spoke because I got scared, genuinely scared. Later they told him, Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he he also injured another girl next to me as well. Oh, jeez. Well, you know, bad, at least, but, but, yeah. at least the response was uh genuine, right? As method of acting, right? Yeah. For sure. I think they really wanted that, but for us, sure. that's not cool. For, you know, and I one more this one because this actually I actually got injured. I got injured like crazy, as a matter of fact. Oh, and boy. nobody cared. Nobody cared. This was a movie called uh, Dark Towers mm -hmm. with Idris uh, Alba, right? Mm -hmm. Idris Alba. Yeah, and amazing movie, you know, awesome person, everything awesome. But they put us in a dangerous situation. It's, again, putting background on our untrained actors in situations where we should never be there. So we have 20 stunt people. And another 10 regular background people doing the same action, running away across the street while on the roof on the second floor, we have three explosions going on. Uh, and then the explosion, it's not just explosion. It's also pieces of concrete, which is the prop concrete, falling down on us. So at some point when I run and hide, a huge piece basically lands on my face. Mm. Ooh. And this happens in front of us, uh, SAG rap. So <laughs> he screams, I scream, I'm in pain, but nobody oh, cares. They're like, oh, okay, uh, go sit down, take an Advil. You know, um, I mean, this I feel that. Describe prop concrete. So it looks exactly like concrete, but it's lighter material. But still, if you get hit with it with, I don't know, 20 miles an hour speed, it's still mm -hmm. going to hurt quite a lot. Anything hitting you, you know, uh, at a fast pace will hurt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it was very, very unpleasant. I thought I was, I broke, and this was my face. I just don't know how I reacted where I blocked it like this and it hit me here. So uh, if wow. I, I, I know it showed it on my face, but I basically blocked my nose. So it mo mostly hit my eye and some of my nose and my hand. But if I did not do that, my face would, would have probably been broken. I'll, I'll add one more crazy one on a commercial shoot. I guess a colleague, actor, friend handed me a hot coffee with their hand on the top of a lid, like kind of like squeezing a little bit. So when I went to grab it, the fucking cup of hot coffee spilt all over my hand and my arm. Um, Probably, you know, what a fourth, the, the minor burn fourth, was a fourth degree burns, um, no doubt. Um, I declined to see medical help. I put some ice on it. Um, well, always, always get medical help. Always do police. Yeah. Help. I mean, I mean, not the medical report. Yeah. So, right, right. So, uh, Just yeah. Just for everybody for the future. Yeah, handing someone a coffee, yeah, maybe on the bottom of the cup or like towards the bottom of the cup, not towards the Yeah, not towards the top. Yeah, not wow. towards the so anyways that yeah so that's it for for crazy dangerous wild uh stories on set uh let, let's move on to hollywood talk guys and talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment so here we go mm -hmm. <laughs>
It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. That's right, Benjamin Joel. Good Charlotte. Maryland's own. All right. So the box office has been pretty lame uh, recently. I think August is the month where they're just throwing out all like the the crappy movies because, um, you know, uh, we're not seeing any superhero movies, the big blockbusters, nothing too crazy. The number one movie was a movie called The Invitation. And probably people are thinking, what is that? It's a romantic vampire thriller starring Natalie Emanuel, you remember as Masande from Game of Thrones. Let's see my backdrop here. Game of Thrones. Um, got poor reception from the critics, 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, ooh that's low. Uh, <laughs> but still, uh, the top weekend spot with only $7 million, uh, which is it crazy because good. there was – well, it was okay, but yeah, for the, the number one movie over the weekend, it's kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> At only you know seven million from three thousand locations, you know, um, mm. is kind of crazy now. Uh, second place, Bullet Train, which I haven't seen yet with with Brad Pitt. I, I would like to see that. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I missed that one in the theaters, but uh, yeah, maybe with our SAG. Yeah, let's SAG go see it. Discount, which is let's it, right? go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go, right? Uh, we got um, num- uh, number three is Beast, which is Idris Elba's. Uh, Versus uh, King of the Jungle Thriller. Um, Top Gun Maverick still in the top five. Can you believe it? Uh, Just grossed in $4.75 million over the weekend. And number five, which was last week's number one, is the animated anime film Dragon Ball Super. Uh, Which on last week's show, I was like, how the hell is an anime movie the number one movie? But again, there haven't been any big blockbuster movies. And... uh, one of the one of the production companies, the studios that, that does produ- produce all those blockbusters is DCEU. Uh, this is number one on my list. So apparently it was a big week for them for just trying to figure out what they need to do to just be remotely close to MCU Marvel, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. apparently the first thing they had to do is damage control with Ezra Miller. Mm-hmm. As you know, The Flash is supposed to explain a lot of uh, the loopholes and things that uh, are, you know, that haven't been revealed, you know, um, why we have multiple Jokers, multiple Batmans, things like that. It's all about that multiverse storyline in The Flash. The Flash is a very, very important movie. Problem is, the the actor, Ezra Miller, is a PR nightmare. And I have to make sure I say this correctly before I get any heat from any groups, but Ezra Miller and their agent, as he is, right. Right, uh, as they are by non-binary, um, met with uh, Warner Brothers... Um, and apparently it was a very positive meeting. Okay. So they didn't they didn't um, disclose any further details. Warner Brothers had no comment. Uh, um, Ezra Miller's rep didn't have a comment either. But apparently went very positive because obviously, again, it, it is a PR nightmare because of all these alleged incidents and, and misconduct of Ezra. Um, another big thing is we mentioned on the show is Batgirl, which was completely shelved, you know, and uh, apparently they had funeral screenings <laughs> for Batgirl. And a funeral screen oh. is basically 
where they show some of the studio execs, some of the people involved with the film, which is an unfinished movie. It was still like in the process of a final edit, I guess. Yeah. But they did have some screenings. And one of the actors, who's a transgender actor, Ivory Aquino, was speaking out uh, for and pleading for Warner Brothers to still release uh, the Batgirl film and, and not to shelve it. Um, but yeah, funeral screenings. I mean, it's just, I mean, I guess they're, it's crazy. good that they're having something just so the cast and crew can watch the film. But apparently they don't want any of that footage being released because it's, obviously why is it just so bad? I mean, why couldn't they just dump it on HBO Max? No, that's what I'm thinking don't too. spend any money on ads. Just dump it there. Dump Everyone there. would watch it. I mean, Everyone will watch it. And, and, and it generated enough interest that yeah. people will probably want to watch and see what's all this hype about. You Even know, if it's terrible. I mean, it would have to be just so embarrassing to justify them not doing it. Right. Because just just put it out there. People will watch it. Other than. Ex- yeah. Anna, what were you got I was about just to say? say? Even the terrible movies, people still remember them and they talk about them. So then there's people who are like, no, it wasn't a terrible movie. So there's still hype and PR just because it's terrible. Yeah. 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 Unless it's so bad that it's going to like mess up the DCEU and they want to just disavow it. But yeah, but they, they can always change whatever is not really working after, you know, QAing it and making sure. It's decent enough, mm-hmm. I guess. If that's somebody will leak it. Some some somebody will leak it online at some point. Hopefully, you know what? Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's something different. It could be um, an actor is not involved in in the project anymore, and they I don't, don't know. Really I, I, I have a feeling there's a lot that still hasn't been told yeah. about right. the Batgirl movie, <clears throat> other than it doesn't fit into their 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 vision, their their corporate vision. Mm-hmm. Um, which goes into the next part is they're looking for their next Kevin Feige right now. Uh, so the Kevin Feige is the head of MCU. DCE wants <clears throat> someone in a similar role as Kevin to lead all the DC movies. And apparently um, one of the names being um, looked at is Dan Lin. He's a producer of the Lego Batman. Um, he's one of the people they're looking at. Also, Emma Watts, a veteran executive uh, at Paramount, apparently are both well-respected uh, mm. in Hollywood. Um, so, no Patty um, Jenkins? She's not in there? Patty Jenkins wasn't on that short list, no. Oh, dang. No, I know. She's such a nice woman. Um, and I feel bad that, that Wonder Woman 1984 wasn't uh, as lauded by critics as, as – as we would have liked it to. Uh, but of course, we're, sure. we're talking to one of the principal actors right here. Yeah. <laughs> gosh, you know. <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, Vince, you you were the you were the best part of the movie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Number two on my list is uh, some of the trailers of upcoming movies. Um, for whatever reason, they want to reboot Fletch. Um, so this is John Hamm's version of Fletch, called Confess Fletch, and. Uh, I gotta admit that the trailer was really funny. Um, mm. Mad Men co-star of John's uh, John Slattery also in the cast: Roy Wood, Kyle MacLachlan, um, Marsha Gay Harden, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's about um, yeah, basically what Fletch was uh, during those early movies with Chevy Chase um, as um, as a private investigator, you know. Uh, trying to solve a murder case in Europe uh, as he tries to track down some missing artwork. So, uh, yeah. I agree with you about that, Al. I mean, it, it looks 
it looks lighthearted, funny, and intriguing. And at the same time, it kind of draw, draws you in, maybe because John Hamm is so likable. Yeah, he is a likable guy. Yeah. Dare yeah. I say handsome guy, right? Handsome yeah, guy. Yeah, I would have to say that. Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> He's got a lot of charisma. I actually met him at New York Comic Con. He was really, really cool. He guy. seems like a really down to earth person. And at the time, he was being um, eyed for um, Batman, replacing Ben Affleck as Batman. And he said he would absolutely love to do it. I think, I think uh, Chachi had asked them backstage in the, the green room. Wow. And uh, yeah, I know, right? Not crazy. Um, so, this is another movie I'm really looking forward to. This is the Weird Al Yankovic story. Yes. And initially I was thinking, how, how is Daniel Radcliffe going to pull off Weird Al Yankovic? But, uh, He's amazing. I think Daniel Radcliffe, is, he could do anything. After watching the trailer, yeah, I got to admit, you know, I mean, obviously Weird Al is a taller guy and Daniel's a shorter guy. But, you know, we, we have to overlook that aspect. Um, yeah, we also saw Rachel, uh, Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna. And they had a <laughs> nice make out scene in that trailer. Yeah. Quinta Brunson as Oprah Winfrey, Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. Um, and uh, yeah, this particular film will drop on uh, the Roku TV, uh, mm. the free streaming channel, but will also um, have a li- limited theater release and will op- will be opening in the Toronto International Film Festival. I think That's it has their- a bittersweet kind of feel to it as well. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, I'm a fan of Weird Al's, you know. I mean, you know, he's the ultimate parody artist, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun. Um, Interestingly enough, we were talking about another movie called Tar last week with our friend Emily Peachy. This particular movie called Tar is in the Venice Film Festival, stars Kate Blanchett, and I think we mentioned this uh, film before, um, that she's... um, um, Lydia Tarr, who is a uh, female conductor, um, mm. and uh, of course, Kate Blanchett, f- fantastic actress. Um, like or- or- orchestra con- conductor, I think, right? Or- yes, not to be confused with like a train conductor, right? Not a railroad conductor, yeah. Not a railroad train conductor. Right? <laughs> but it, 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 it was kind of weird in the trailer. Did you see it? It, yeah, it was, it was a little odd. It. Yeah, yeah, it's basically uh, you know, Blanchett standing against a black background and 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 exhale smoke from her mouth and then there's like a, a monologue about the meaning of time um apparently um the composer is one of the greatest living composers the first ever female chief conductor at a major german orchestra mm-hmm. and um this is a fictional orchestra conductor oh. so this is not this is not uh not based on a real not not based on a real person, so um, I would think that my first guess would would be that it is a biopic, but not not the case. Yeah, it's, okay. it's very psychologically driven, trying yeah. to get the psyche of a person when yeah. they're in this kind of state. So I I I totally honestly didn't get it, but I was intrigued to see like what is this really about? Yeah, they, they don't give you enough to go on. Not really. Uh, other than just kind of reading that she is, uh, you know, one of the greatest living uh, composers and conductors. You have the entire director uh, for this movie. Yes, the director actually is Todd Field, and this is his first film in 16 years. So what was the one before? Did what was? That's a very good question because I don't have that one in my notes. It seems very. Uh, 
like something familiar, but I can't pinpoint exactly to yeah. what I Trio think the uh, uh, director of uh, what's what's the yeah I can look it up really quick I I I don't what a reason his pre previous work is not um let's go ahead and look it up so, I think that'll be interesting because except as per trailer it's 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 really hard to pin, pinpoint what it is and is it even interesting it just kind of is this so he's actually an actor but also a director he's, he's done a lot of uh um i mean he, he's done a lot of acting work earlier in his career and then he kind of seems like he shifted over to uh directing but uh, little children and in the bedroom were two of his previous films uh, in the bedroom was nominated for an academy award um sissy spacek Tom Wilkinson, Nick Stahl. I think I do remember that movie. Remember that one? Yeah, that it's a great movie. 2001? Yeah. And his last movie was called Little Children. It's an American yeah. romantic psychological drama film with Kate Winslet, Patrick Wilson, Jennifer Connelly, Jackie Earl, Haley, Noel Emmerich. Um, quite a cast. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a long time in between. Uh, two what is this next film he's doing? Tar. Tar. Uh, oh, this is Tar. Okay. Yeah, Tar. Yep. Nice. So yeah, took him a while to get to his next film, but we'll have to wait. Yeah. Now this is a film that is gonna it's gonna create a lot of buzz, guys. It's that crazy, subversive. It's wild. It's called Don't Worry, Darling. <laughs> and it's Olivia <laughs> Wilde's uh, film. This is where uh, <laughs> she was on stage presenting, and she got served with uh, custody papers from. See, this falls under the category of a film where it's just like a constant stream of press that has nothing to do with the movie exactly to the point there like is, i almost don't even care what the movie is because it's like i'm almost sick of hearing all the drama around there the is movie drama around this movie so what is it let's talk about it so apparently there's been a falling out with olivia wilde the director phenomenal actress lovely woman i met her and uh florence Pugh. Mm. so apparently um it wasn't really disclosed exactly what, uh, on what the falling out involves, but they do know that there is some there is some issue because Florence Pugh, even though she's been filming um, Dune Part Two in Budapest, which is you know uh, that's 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 excusable, right? Yeah, that's it's what, a remote location. That's not it's a remote to, location, yeah. but yeah. they're saying because she won't be doing a lot of the press. Mm -hmm. um, coverage and promoting this movie that she's not advertised or slated to be in any of these um you know press opportunities um that only adds to the fire that the, there was a falling out um now this was the movie that alia wilde actually left jason sudeikis for um met uh, harry styles on set of uh of uh, don't worry darling and it's interesting had harry not been the person because it initially was supposed to be Shia LaBeouf. I'm wondering, yeah. I'm wondering if, uh, you know, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde would still be together because she wouldn't have met Harry Styles. Maybe well, yeah, but you're, I mean, that's only, and those are just two of the three strings of the drama. The first one was this huge Shia LaBeouf firing. And that's then right. Her recently claiming she had to fire him. And then he coming back with, no, don't you remember? I quit. 
quit exactly. It's so like, which, what which, is going on with this? What is woman? the real story? What is I hate the to real blame story? her, but she's at the center of every dramatic it seems strand. Like it it yeah. seems like it. Yeah, we don't really. I mean, Shy Shy is claiming that he quit the film. Olivia clashing, you know. Olivia personalities, egos clashing. Yeah, but it seems like it's her personality that's clashing with everybody else. Yeah. So yeah, so so this is what Shia LaBeouf said. He said, "You and I both know the reasons for my exit. I quit your film because your actors and I couldn't find time to rehearse. Firing me never took place, Olivia. And while I <laughs> fully understand the attractiveness of pushing that story because of the current social landscape, the social currency that brings it is not the truth. So I'm humbly asking, as a person to work I towards making things right, they correct the narrative as best that you can." Oh, we gotta get Shia. On- we here. gotta get shy. Get shy. Come on now. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know. And then Olivia Wilde posted a video message, apparently, which was supposedly sent to Shia LaBeouf, asking him to reconsider quitting the film oh, while yeah. referring to Miss Pew as Miss Flo. So this was a, uh, yeah, this was, uh, I guess, something that occurred um, before um, Harry Styles got on board to replace. Shia LaBeouf. Did they have to reshoot all the scenes, I guess? Or no, I think it was already. It was just in the pre-production phase. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, and and the, Lucky well, them. exactly. So, um, you know, I I, I signed NDAs, but you know, I I guess I could say that I saw the film, but uh, anyways, um, all right, I'll, I'll end it. There. Yeah, oh, wait, oh yeah, you did see like a test screening, right? I did see a test. Screening. So you can't say whether you liked I can't, it. Or... I can't talk. I can't talk about. Okay. It. Don't talk about the film. Just say if you liked it or not. That you could say that. No. I don't even know if I can. He can't. And you definitely can't nod your head to indicate yes or no. Okay. Yeah, you can't. We didn't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> the studios have good lawyers. Uh, all right. So upcoming sequel films on number four on my list. So. Matt Sh- Shackman will no longer direct a sequel to Star Trek. So apparently Marvel needs them and they need Matt to stay with Marvel, not be distracted and do other films like Star Trek. So apparently he's in early talks to direct the Fantastic Four reboot film for MCU. As you know, the Fantastic Four that we saw a few years ago is not canon. <clears throat> controlling much. <clears throat> and neither is the uh, original one with, with, you know, with Chris Evans because he is Captain America. Or was at least now, <laughs> but uh, if you saw Adventures Endgame, uh, but nevertheless, um, yeah, no longer with Star Trek. And I did really much enjoy those movies. I thought they were really strong. Um, the the ones with Chris Pine and uh, Zachary Quinto and John Cho and jo- Zoe Saldana, they're all fantastic films. So I'm really yes, looking forward to the next good. film in the story, but. Uh, it won't be Matt. It won't be Matt Shackman. Did Matt Shackman direct the other Star Treks? After you know JJ? What? So he was a he he's done uh, WandaVision. He's also directed episodes of Game of Thrones, The Great, your favorite show Succession, mm-hmm. The Boys, and many more. Okay. He's done a lot. Yeah. But so he had never done any Star Trek. Yeah, you know what? Has he done it? I don't think he has. I yeah. So. I think they wanted because of his success of 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 you know similar genre projects you know yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. they thought yeah. he would be a good candidate for that I mean yeah because J J Abrams he was the director I believe for for the first two maybe of those Star Wars films you know I've always wondered because I'm not a Trekkie and I'm not into Star Wars 
there's got to be some indie director who gets the opportunity to like direct Star Wars and is just like, I got to be honest, I don't like Star Wars. Like, because <laughs> if I ever somehow got in that position, I feel like I would have to turn it down because I don't know anything about it. I don't really. Wow. I mean, I'd still probably just take the money and figure it all out. But right. come on. They always say like, oh, I'm the biggest fan in the world. It's like, right. come on. And, and, they're, Are you? <laughs> and they're usually clueless, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no hey, offense to any listeners, I respect I'll, Star Wars. I'll, I just I'll, never got into it. That's crazy because you do like Marvel, so it's fine. Yeah, Marvel's okay. Fine. Okay. <laughs> All right, another uh, sequel is Beverly Hills Cop Four. Can you believe they're doing a fourth yes, movie? That I'm excited about. Yes. So it's Eddie Murphy returning. Of course, you can't do one without him. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which uh, he's a great actor. I got to work with him on Snowden, yeah. and uh, Taylor Page. So. Uh, so yeah, this is uh you know, it's basically the, the so the log lines under wraps, but it's a follow-up to the trilogy that we've already seen. Um and Eddie Murphy, you know, he he's he did great things with the Coming to America sequel. I mean, some people didn't like it, but I really enjoyed the the Coming to America sequel that's on yeah, Amazon. It was, it was cute. It like, was fun, it had some really funny moments. Again, there were some moments that, you know. Because, you know, some of the comedy you can't get away with nowadays from the early 80s, so they kind of have to be careful about certain... It, it wasn't the original, you know, oh, but... Yeah. It wasn't but, the original. It, was okay. yeah. it, it wasn't as bad as everybody said it was, you know? Like, I, I finally Ooh. gave it a shot, and I'm like, it was all right. It was good, you know? Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, And also, The Crow, uh, I think we mentioned on the show, is getting... A complete reboot, so it won't be related to the other ones. Obviously, uh, we talked about Brandon Lee earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very, very tragic. Um, and this is going to be um, led by Bill Skarsgård as Eric Draven the Crow, but just joining the cast is Danny Hudson in an undisclosed role. So he just joined the cast for that one. So, um, okay. And speaking of uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Lovett, um, movies that are in production, number five on my list is uh, a sci-fi thriller called Ash. Uh, he's teaming up with Tessa Thompson, who I love. She's amazing. Um, and uh, it follows an astronaut, played by Tessa Thompson, who wakes up on a distant planet she's stationed on to find out the rest of her crew has been brutally murdered. Holy smokes. But I love sci-fi. Sounds good already. <laughs> Sounds good already, right? So another astronaut, uh, Gordon Levitt, comes to rescue her. They begin to investigate what happened, setting into motion the horrifying series of events that leave them wondering if they can trust each other and, you know, guessing the aliens is other astronauts. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, re- I'm very intrigued by the plot of that particular film. So that looks really, really cool. Um, this is kind of cool. So... I never heard of a movie uh, that actually got greenlit before a book came out. Like they're <laughs> so. This is a uh, one of your favorite actors in mine, Vince, uh, from The Voyeur, Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> She's quite, quite. Uh, She's very talented. Quite, very talented and quite lovely to look at. Um, <laughs> no. She's very lovely to look at. Apparently, there's a Sony Pictures landed the rights to a. Uh, the registration. It's called the registration. It's a forthcoming novel, not even out yet, but they want to produce this forthcoming novel. I guess they read the script, the the, the early, you know, release of the book or whatever. And right away, I, I've never heard of a movie being greenlit based on a book that hasn't been released yet. It's kind of maybe by a like super popular author. 
who already had other movies out there. But Madison Lawson is I the author. Don't know him or her at all. Yeah. yeah, I'm not familiar with Madison Lawson's work. Um, but the novel comes out September 27th. And the adaptation of this particular novel is kept under wraps. So yeah, that's a first. It's the first of kind of hearing about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two legendary actors from the 80s, Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, are teaming up for a movie called Zombie Town based on an R.L. Stein book of the same name. So uh, <laughs> a shooting in Ontario, Canada, uh, with a lot of uh, young cast uh, and uh, – Canadian director Peter Lepinatus will be directing. Uh, again, this is an adaptation of the R.L. Stein book. And, um, yeah, I mean, those are two legends. Of course, we've sadly heard some not-so-pleasant things about Chevy Chase's behavior, uh, but we can all vouch that Dan Aykroyd's a pretty cool dude. Um, that's for sure. Um, well, Sundance, of course, is one of my favorite film festivals. Hopefully, I'll be back. They just announced. Um, so I was actually ready to go to Sundance last year. Oh. We click on this, and they completely axed uh, due to the uh, Omicron vi- variant at the time, and the peak uh, in December and January of of of, of COVID, uh, that particular strain of COVID, and it was unceremoniously canceled in person. But this year they're bringing it back. They promise it's coming back. So we'll see if, <laughs> God willing, there's no other. Uh, crazy uh COVID variants but uh they want to do um not only uh the in-person but also still bring the virtual aspect as well and do like a hybrid festival so that kind of worked um uh for the tribeca film festival um and um yeah i mean sundance again hasn't they haven't had an in-person festival in two years it's been virtual uh two years in a row so um we'll have to see what happens and hopefully it will go down as an in-person event let's hope so yeah all right uh netflix stuff number nine on my list um anyone see the kevin hart mark Wahlberg film called me time you know the funny thing is i was just listening to a podcast about that and i had yeah. never i had never heard of it and and i was like oh when's this coming out and they're like august 26th i'm like it's been out yeah. for four days. I've never heard of this. I mean, I yeah. would like to see it. They didn't market it. Just came that. out, and uh, yeah, they, you're right. It, it, it didn't get too much uh, marketing, but it's two very big names in Hollywood, <clears throat> and Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg. But uh, I think that's a really good team right there. Uh, basically, it's yeah. Kevin Hart's um, character as a stay-at-home dad who decides to take some personal time away from himself by reconnecting. Uh, with uh, Mark Wahlberg's character for a weekend birthday trip. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's like a buddy comedy, you know? Yeah, buddy exactly. comedies could be a lot of fun, you know? So They're done right. It could be really a good, a good one, you know? Yeah. One. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Uh, they just also dropped um, a trailer for White Noise. This is uh, Noah Baumbach's black comedy, um, which will be dropping on Netflix um a little later this year and uh, basically they are comparing to stranger things so this is adam driver's film right i saw the trailer uh, it was kind of i didn't really understand it did you get well. the stranger things vibe from it i mean i guess a little bit but uh something because they're, they're, they're running away from something um and it's in the 80s you know it's a married couple in the 80s it's adam driver and greta gerwig trying to keep their families safe from something, but which wasn't revealed in the trailer. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Based on the book, I might check it out. I mean, I know it's supposed to be a good book. Don DeLillo wrote it. Um, yeah. That's really all I know, though. That's really all you know. So it seems like something I'd like to try to watch. But right now, from the trailer, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm super excited. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gotta give like, us a little we'll get to it. Yeah, then you gotta give us a little more for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, another exclusive Netflix movie um involves Annie Garcia, Catherine O'Hara, Jay Duplass, Chloe Coleman, uh, are joining Emily Blunt and Chris Evans. Wow, that's a big cast. For a film called The Pain Hustlers, and this is going to go exclusively on Netflix, um, and apparently uh, follows uh, Emily Blunt's character, a blue-collar woman, upon losing her job, struggling to raise her daughter, takes a position at a failing pharmaceutical startup, only to get involved in a dangerous racketeering scheme. Ooh. Hey, that should be really well, cool. Working girl with hustlers. Right. With a little bit of dope sick tossed in. With some dope sick in there yeah. too, because it's pharmaceuticals, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. And sure. and I know you're a Manifest fan. Uh, they just announced the final fourth season will debut on November fourth. They just dropped a, a trailer. Mm-hmm. The mystery will be solved. I know the showroom. We talked to the showroom. Anna, you were with me at New York Comic Con, weren't you? It was. Yes, and, that was um, fantastic. Yes, wasn't a, a great experience to to talk with the cast and. Uh, and the showrunner told us that they planned uh, six seasons. That was at the time. But obviously Netflix saved that show from cancellation from NBC mm-hmm. and brought it over to Netflix. It got really good numbers on Netflix. A lot of people loved the, the show. And they were like, well, we got to finish the story you know, and give the fans what they want. I love how Netflix just just rescued that show from cancellation because – you know, for for a network show, you gotta have crazy numbers, but you know, it's it still, you know, that still did great on Netflix. But I think with with a network show, you gotta get crazy numbers to to be, you know, to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta put Chicago in the title. And then... oh, Chicago or Chicago Law and Order. Manifest, yeah. Chicago Manifest. Law and Order <laughs> Law Manifest. Yeah. Manifest yeah. Yeah. Yes, you know, FBI one of those. Manifest, yeah. Those are the shows that do well because. Boomers love that those shows because you can watch one episode and you're done. You don't even yep. like you don't have to like get into a whole storyline and exactly. it does get it gets you really really like sucked in into the first few minutes. Yes, yes. Uh, those Law and Order shows are very good at doing that because I'll just have it on, you know, and I was like, oh, I don't want to watch. And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, oh shit, this <laughs> killer. I need That's to a hotel. Yeah, it's a hotel show. You you accidentally watch the beginning and you're like, fuck, I gotta see the whole thing. <laughs> you gotta, gotta see the whole thing. Yeah, see. Yeah. Usually I'll watch it if a friend is in it, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? Honestly, it reminds me of my mom. She she tends to watch this Russian show called The Detectives, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh mom, why are you watching this cra- like crap? I'm sorry. <laughs> and then of course I'm so sucked into it, watching every episode, and I'm like, these are more like reenactments of real detectives actually. Oh. Okay. Doing the show like they're actually not actors they're real it's sirens this is some id level stuff it's almost like yeah almost like crime reenactments almost right kind of kind of but it's actually really good but scripted but scripted at the same time um i i don't i think half of it is scripted but the detectives are real they used to be real licensed detectives i think it sounds like a crime reenactment that totally does yes it (laughs) sounds like there's a lot of stuff that we uh, might i I, yeah she she sucked me into it and it's like it plays on all day and i'm just like Ooh, I haven't seen that one because she's seen those already two or three times because there's so yeah. many. This is from like, I don't even know, early 2000s, I think. Like they're old, just really old, but they're still good. 
Yeah. Um, Just one order, so, so similar kind of feel to them. Yeah, that's interesting. So another show is also ending with a fourth season. This is a surprising one. The Umbrella Academy. It was a big hit on Netflix. They just dropped season three not too long ago, which I, I still have to watch. I'm a little behind on that show. Elliot Page, Tom Hopper, David Castaneda. Um, but yeah, apparently they're bringing it to an end for a fourth and final concluding season they just announced um, this past Thursday. Um, mm. But, you know, at least we're going to get the end game, you know, so to speak, you know. Um, we're going to find out, you know, how, how it all ends. And that that's the thing. You got... You can't end the show and leave people hanging. You know, there's, there's a lot of shows that have done that. Like Glow being one. I love the Glow on Netflix. That was just mm. such a fun show with Alison Brie. And hey, have that. you done a show like this where we talk about shows that have not given you the ending? Well, I, has that been a topic yet? I I, we, I believe we've we've talked about some of, some of that with Glow being one of them. Um, but another actually, one. We did a whole show to. Talking about shows that did not give us the satisfying ending that we were looking Let's for. Let's not do that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In general, like an idea. I think it would be really yeah. fun. We could come up with a list. Maybe our top ten. We could probably come up with something. For another. For another. Episode. Yeah, for another. For sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, this is an interesting one. Apparently, Michael Jackson was campaigning to be the Sandman, which is the hit, on Nef- hit show on Netflix. Apparently, in 1996, they wanted to make a live action series or film and apparently michael jack was a big fan of uh the comic book and of course that came out in the 90s and uh apparently he he would have he possibly would have played morpheus the lord of dreams which is pretty crazy i gotta say uh i don't know you know michael's not known for being an actor but he's certainly a name that would be recognized so sally he's no longer with us but uh i'm glad they waited uh to drop the show today instead of back in the 90s because that show needs special effects yeah you need special effects for that show to work um but i thought that was kind of a nice little uh nice little tidbit there um i am watching the show actually yeah what do you think what do i think it's a bit slow in the beginning i have to say like you really have to try to care because the idea is there but it's just like, okay, so what's actually going to happen? And we're just right. keep on going and going. But if you sit through that first episode and you get to the next one, and it, it, I think it's starting to pick up. And, okay. and it's definitely beautifully written in the sense of the way you, you see the, the, the pictures, the, the way it's presented. It, a little the fantasy and the realism of the whole thing maybe uh not on the same level because it's like oh you got to do this and you got to do that and they just do it and i'm like mm. not real because this is what the 1800s 1900s or whatever it, it well, doesn't it, it's the, the timeline's kind of all over the place in the comic book because um because he's like the ruler of dreams i don't think in for dreams there there is a timeline it just it can go to multiple timelines but right but in the, I, I, I agree in regards to that but the first episode the first two episodes he's locked in the real world right bubble you know and and so the guy tells him oh you got to create this bubble and make sure nobody falls asleep and blah 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 and i'm like and next scene he's in the bubble and there's this 
how does that happen? You know, it's not like he has a hundred people constructing this specific thing and holding him. That seems surreal. I'm glad you watched it because I, I saw a little bit of, of the first episode, but I, I definitely need to watch the watch the rest to, to kind of get a grasp on it. But I don't think I've, I've grasped enough on the first episode. Though. But yeah, the effects, the effects are amazing. I'm watching. Yes. Effects okay, are the effects are just ridiculously, ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And last thing for Netflix, Inventing Anna, apparently um, an actress, actually uh, a person, ba- uh, um, I guess. The real person. The, the real person. That's right. Um, I watched that was the trade that was portrayed in uh, Inventing Anna. Rachel Deloach Williams filed a defamation lawsuit against Netflix for the portrayal of her in the series. So apparently um, Netflix used her name, real aspects of her life to recreate a a false and defamatory character of her. And, uh, um, you know, apparently Netflix made a a decision for dramatic purposes to say that uh, Rachel Williams did and said specific thing, things, uh, portrayed her as greedy, snobbish, disloyal, cowardly, manipulative, and all that. Um, so, um, well, man. We're up, you know? You got to be really careful by portraying actual people. I, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like meetings have to take place. Legal things have to be signed off. When you portray yeah, isn't Mike Tyson? I think Mike, well, Mike's not happy about his show. I don't know if he's suing Hulu, but right. he's not happy about it. Yeah. I mean, okay. they they would have to have evidence that she is like that person. Do, do, do we you know, know the real process? Have, do, That's how defamation works. You know, if, if it's if they have proof that she was like this, then Rachel doesn't have a chance in court. You mean, but, you mean if they knew prior to making it like that? Well, well, not necessarily that. They have to have some kind of proof that that this Rachel character was indeed, you know, either through any kind of footage they have or maybe any and testimony, testimony from others that that she was actually this type of person. Yeah. So they would have to find that out. So. Um, play out, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where, where this one was go is going to go. The thing is, I, the way I took the whole show, it was like whatever. I'm not going to look at the real life events and i enjoyed it you know like yeah it's slow but then i'm like oh shit it's actually really good it's really, really good yeah it's really good surprise and I, I i ended up binge watching the whole thing so yeah yeah i still have to watch it because i did some background work on it so <laughs> yeah. it's one of the few background things i did recently because I haven't gone up to the city for for work in a while, but they they didn't concentrate on the background, unfortunately, too much. I have to say. Not okay. Okay, I did a restaurant scene. I mean, I, I don't know. It's okay. It's I'll have to watch. I, I, I listened to and not watched it as I was cleaning or whatever. But uh, uh, I thought the acting was great. Like oh gosh, I mean Julia Garner is one of the greatest young actresses out today. She's fantastic like, as Ruth. She, I, I think she's gonna win both Emmys for limited series and for so. Ozark as a record. Wow. I think she's gonna win both. It's very possible. So uh, we'll I'm just see if that very happens. impressed, I have to say. Yeah, I'm gonna throw out one more before before we take a classic cut break, and that's uh, Disney Plus. She-Hulk: Attorney at Law uh, apparently um, ranking really well with Disney Plus. Um, apparently, has been viewed. Um, so many times, 25.1 times the average on-demand series 
Um, so that is a lot more than your typical streaming show. Numbers and streaming kind of works a little bit differently than the Nielsen. But uh, episode two was a lot of fun, man. Um, this is a superhero comedy we're getting. I, I highly recommend She-Hulk. It, it really is a, fr- a breath of fresh air. The comedy is, is it's really well written. And uh, we got to see uh, the return of Abomination, who we briefly saw in Shang-Chi, The Legends of Ten Rings. And we, we, we actually saw that storyline um, get explained. Uh, Abomination that somehow escapes from prison and then they show on the news that abomination is doing some underground fighting and that's what we saw in oh, Chang-Chi. I, see. I see so they kind of explained <laughs> that i love that they turned that out and then they make a pun at how uh mark ruffalo is now um bruce banner the hulk and previously it was edward norton because he said that yeah i mean uh i kind of forgive abomination that was such a long time ago but now i was such i was a different person back then yeah. and he said literally <laughs> and then, and then she hook looks at the camera. She hook looks at the camera and goes, "Uh huh." And uh, they break the fourth wall on this particular show, and uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. She hook, yeah, she's single, she wants to date, you know. It's all about that aspect. Apparently, initially she got fired because uh, they didn't want a She Hulk attorney like walking in their law offices. But then she gets rehired, and she has to represent superheroes specifically. So that's how they tied in the whole abomination thing because she begrudgingly had to represent abomination, but abomination again ends up escaping somehow. Um, but um, that sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, joining Tatiana Maslany in She Hulk, apparently Megan B. Stallion is going to appear in an upcoming episode of She Hulk. Um, I don't know. They like they love to put non actors yeah. in, in roles where many actors would. I feel deserve a spot. Uh, granted, they want ratings, you know, and sure. uh, maybe maybe Megan Thee Stallion wants to act, and you can't fault her, but at the same time, you know, she's gonna get that role over an actor. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, and uh, Ben Kingsley reprising his role as Trevor Slattery in Marvel's upcoming Wonder Man series on Disney Plus. So that's an, another interesting one. Uh, ben Kingsley, a fantastic actor. Um, and uh, as you know, he was in Shang-Chi and the Legends of Ten Rings. And right. didn't you mention Ben Kingsley before, Vince? Was that you, that you you respected his work? Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was yeah. you that mentioned that, right? Yeah, I haven't seen him in Iron Man. I never saw Iron Man 3, but it was the same character in Shang-Chi, right? That's right. Okay. That's exactly right, yeah. So he's going to reprise his role in the Wonder Man series. Nice. Not to be confused with Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unreal. Who's playing Wonder Man? Um, Vince Eisenstein, hopefully. Uh, Vince. <laughs> Georgetown cab guy number one. Is that who it is? <laughs> you know what? I don't think they've cast him yet. I don't know. They, they probably I'm looking should. right now. Yeah, they haven't announced it yet. They haven't announced it? Is that what Vince, you're looking for? Are you sure to? you don't have a contract? I'm, you know what? Let me, I'll keep refreshing my email every four <laughs> minutes just in case. Has, has, one, really has Wonder Man been cast, Vince, from what you see? It's nothing. All, nothing. It, it's just in development. In development, yeah. okay. So that's one of the early projects. There's definitely a chance. There's a chance. All right. There's a chance. So as you know, I'm sitting uh, next to the Iron Throne. I have House of Stark. Uh, Winter is coming. Um, House of the Dragon talk is coming up right after this classic cut as we take a breather and a bathroom break um, and uh, talk a little bit about House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones. 
And for the classic cut this week, the VMAs happened this past Sunday. One of my favorite bands, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, were um, yeah, were, were received the Video Vanguard Award, which is the uh, I guess MTV's kind of lifetime achievement, like highest honor award. Uh, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers had a fantastic performance, although it seemed like a Flea was a little erratic, throwing f bombs during his speech, um, and, and during his thank yous and stuff like that. Um, pretty crazy. By the way, he's in uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Or sorry, he's oh. in um, Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. Uh, if you want to see bass player of Red Hot Chili Peppers Flea in an acting role, see now we're going with the musicians who want to be actors. See. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Vincent, Vince, you and I were actors that become musicians in Turf Valley. There you <laughs> go. And I'm sure a lot of guitarists out there were were upset. So right. There you go. Although I am somewhat. Of a you are. You know, the bass players are happy. <laughs> so um, this is one of my favorite songs um, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I want to play a song that had been played on Blow the Belt show before. This one is from 1999. This song is called Scar Tissue, guys. So, uh. We're going to hear this great song, guys, and uh, we will be back right here on BTB. Scott Tissue that I wish you saw. Side captain, Mr. Know It All. I'll close your eyes and I'll kiss you, cuz with the birds I'll share. With the birds I'll share, it's a lonely view. With the birds I'll share, it's a lonely view. Push me up against the wall. Yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Scar Tissue. Nice. What a song, man. So, uh, Video Vanguard Award winner at the VMAs, 2022 VMAs. Okay. All right, HBO, guys, number 11. So, uh, yes, Game of Thrones, uh, killing it in the ratings. Uh, 10.2 million viewers tuned in to the second episode. Um, so it was an an uptick over um, over last week. So uh, I guess people are getting the hype about it, and they want to tune in and, and see it. So uh, um, and just green lit already for season two. We're gonna get a second season of House of the Dragon, and uh, oh man, it just it just really warmed my heart, man, to hear that music. They decided, guys, to go for the exact same theme. As Game of Thrones, it is set in the same yeah. world. Yeah. I initially thought it would make sense to have a different theme to differentiate it, but they went for completely. Is it the exact same? Exact same wow. theme as Game wow. of Thrones. A, a different, uh, you know, they had that the CG image, you know, um, that they uh, started with the Game of Thrones, very similar, but with blood, like blood pouring down. You know, mm. uh, that was. That was a slight difference in that one, though. But um, the opening credit scenes was very cool. Um, and, of course, it's the same composer, Raman Djawadi, uh, who also scores the new show. Um, but, yeah, they just want to keep the same vibe overall uh, of Game of Thrones. And, uh, you know, and... You know, it's in the same world. I, I'm just, I'm just pretty. I guess you can kind of compare it to Star Wars. You know, you mm-hmm. still get um, John Williams' iconic Star Wars uh, theme for every Star Wars movie. Sure. Um, 
you don't hear it in the TV series, but you hear it in that. In that. But uh, I guess one of the just the WTF moments of this uh, second episode. Are you going to go off uh, headphones for a second? Yeah, I guess I'll go off. I've only I'll seen give you the first I'll one, give folks. You, I'll give you the thumbs up when we're back. Okay. I just want to mention it really quick that in the in Westeros, you could you basically what I'm trying to say is Jeffrey Epstein could live in Westeros and and love it because apparently you they want to hand off their daughters to marry these royal kings right no matter what the age of their daughters are and it's very disturbing Anna on this episode of House of the Dragon. This guy named Corliss Valerian, he's the sea snake, is trying to get his 12-year-old daughter wed to the king, King Viserys. Uh, and uh, luckily, the king is very hesitant and doesn't want to um, because saying that she's very young. But then they're saying, oh, she'll mature, she'll mature, she'll mature. But then again, he kind of still goes on that theme because he decides that he wants to marry his daughter's best friend who is playing a teenager basically a little maybe a little older than 12 years old but still pretty off-putting yeah. uh that's that's alice hightower uh yeah it, it was very very disturbing man um yeah <laughs> it was just well it uh, sounds yeah. like rain and and like like all the biopics when about princesses, you know, being yeah. married, always so young, you know, even exactly. going back to Romeo and Juliet. Exactly. Yeah. But I think Romeo and Juliet were both young together. This one's a little on the creepier side, you know? Well, yeah. And they weren't for that. Yeah. you know. So yeah. basically they're saying the dating world of Westeros ages, but a number. So basically um, King Viserys Targaryen lost his wife, Queen, Queen Emma. In the last episode, she died while giving birth and apparently, you know, wants to find a new wife to to have an heir, a, a male heir, because apparently during that time of the Game of Thrones storyline in House of the Dragon, not many women were on the Iron Throne. It was men. So they were trying to get a male heir initially. Um, but um yeah, and and you know, if, you know, incest is very common back then, you know. Um, and the fact that like uh, <laughs> Viserys's cousin, uh, Rhaenys Targaryen, was trying to make matchmaker with 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 her own daughter uh, was very very disturbing. Um, uh, in a, in a way, um, but uh, and then of course she sounds like. Yeah, yeah. She, I, there's so much parallel with her and Amelia Clark's um, um, Daenerys uh, in this show. So. Well, it sounds like the other one worked. So why not? It's the same. It's pretty formulaic with Renera and. Mm -hmm. uh, That's and, what it uh, sounds like the way you're describing it. Exactly, and uh, Renera and uh, I mean they they even have a similar appearance too. So I know the Targaryens are known for like their platinum blonde hair. So. Mm -hmm. They kind of brought that back too, but again, again, this is 127 years before the time period of uh, mm -hmm. of uh, Game of Thrones. So we can bring Vinnie Mac back on the attack. So that can, I don't want to get too too much into uh, episode two, but uh, uh, yeah, but, and I don't think what we talk about is too spoiler, but but it's better be safe than sorry. But yeah, definitely watch. I'm glad that you you are now a fan. 
of, of yeah. House of the Dragon. And does that mean you're actually going to go back and watch Game of Thrones? Well, you know, it, I'm glad they released this series. I feel like part of the reason was to like give people who would just never got the chance to catch up. It's like, you know what? We get it. Here, you get a reset. You get another chance. Yes. It's, it's like, yeah, thank God it's a prequel because I all, I will get to Game of Thrones. It's just at this okay, point, good. I am so far behind. It's right. like, I don't know when I'm going to do it. Where are you? What? What I'm like, in the first, I'm like partway through the first season. Yeah, I was going to say that I honestly did not understand the hype either in the beginning. And I was like, hey, everybody's talking about it. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I'm sure show can be this freaking amazing, you know? And, and then, then it. and then I got suckered in so badly. I, you know, I'm not gonna say I cried, but I was like, but it was great up until the end, right? And then everybody was, hated the end. Yeah. I mean, whatever. But I still loved it because I still wanted to see how it ends because I didn't read the books. I should have read the books first yeah. and then watched watched the show. But yeah, you know. Um, but you yeah. enjoyed it overall. You enjoyed it. And you're glad I, you watched it. I didn't just enjoy it. I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. I think I'll like it. I, yeah, I mean, I'd like. I love the first few I saw. It's just once you get that far behind, it's hard. But I, maybe I'll get to it. I, yeah. I binged it from episode one. I've never seen it, and I watched it straight for probably I don't know what is it, um, probably two months or whatever it was. Well, well, you're actually watching chrono chronological order, Vince. You're gonna watch exactly. the prequel first, and then you're gonna get the Game of Thrones. <laughs> so should I should I wait till the prequel's totally done? However you many could have the rate you're going. I would yeah. well, the thing is, it <laughs> might actually spoil Game of Thrones because it's such a masterpiece by itself that, like, maybe you don't want to know why. Yeah. It happens. Why Game of Thrones? Oh. Happens. Well. Nah, whatever. I'm just gonna I mean, enjoy the prequel for what it is. I yeah. just the bottom line is there's a lot of shows I want to watch and it just doesn't it's happen. It's just a matter of time. It's a I just don't time. make the time for. I'm just terrible. I'm a terrible. I get a lot thinker. of shit for breaking for not watching Breaking Bad. I get well, a lot of shit for that. And, you and I know that, I, I know it's a fantastic show. I, I read up on it. I might have watched the finale just to see what all the hype was about without no. watching everything else in wow. between. Well, it's wow. not the same. Yeah, you gotta I watch. know, I know, yeah. I know. That uh, I gotta get back to that. I, um, I don't think you actually watched the finale. I'm trying to remember, but I watched most of the show, I believe. Oh, they, it's lauded as one of the best shows of, of, of modern TV history. Game. Well, it's one of the few. I mean, everybody's seen Breaking it. I don't need to tell him. Mm -hmm. It's one of the few shows that it just feels like it earns pretty much every episode. There's one or two episodes where you're like, yeah, we don't need that. But other than that, is it the it fly burnt, episode by Ryan yeah, the Johnson? Fly episode is effing yeah. stupid. <laughs> it is so stupid. I that's hate what they that say. Episode. And that's the same guy that ruined Star Wars. But uh, no, but he directed the best episode of the whole show, which is in late late in season five. So he, he oh, gets he a pass. He, oh, he gets a pass because he did a better job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One show that you guys should watch is Euphoria. I think it's a fantastic show. I watched Euphoria. I, I gotta catch up on episodes, but I I'm yeah. I got a little I got a little news bit on this that Barbie Ferrero will not be returning. Yeah. She plays Cat. You know she uh, and apparently wasn't uh, didn't give a reason as to why she's leaving the show, but she won't be coming back for the third season. She said after four years of getting to embody the most special, magic, uh, enigmatic character, Kat, I'm having to say a very teary-eyed goodbye. I hope many of you could see yourself in her like I did, that she brought to you joy to see her journey into the character she is today. Um, but yes, um, she uh, plays the best friend of, of Maddie and, and Cassie, played by Sydney Sweeney, and um, she was kind of like the 
the symbol of body positivity, you know, as a thicker woman, you know, mm-hmm. but she won't be coming back. Um, so this is something I'm really excited about because as a Walking Dead fan, as a Jeffrey Dean Morgan fan, um, he's going to jump to another the favorite boys. show. That's right, The Boys. And are you into The Boys, Vinny? I, I will be once okay. I started. Okay. <laughs> He just just joined the cast, and what's great about that, his former co-star, Jensen Ackles, um, who's in the third season, a big part of his antagonist of the third season, um, they they reunite because they are both in Supernatural together, you know? Um, And which is crazy, like, Jensen Ackles, I I don't know, it's crazy because uh, Jeff Dean Morgan played the father. For several several years of, of Jensen Ackles' character, right. but they're not oh, that wow. they're not that far apart in age. I don't know how that worked. No, out. <laughs> it was kind of oh. weird. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, the fact that he played his father for several seasons of Supernatural, and that they're probably maybe fifteen years apart, maybe at most. Hmm. It's kind of odd. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Glad, I guess. Weird, weird casting, really, really odd casting. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the character was not revealed. And I can't even bother to guess. I have no idea if he's going to be a soup. He's going to be a regular person. We don't know. Um, let's see. You're Mr. Showtime. That's another nickname we should call you, Mr. Showtime. I love Mr. that. Because <laughs> you, you you starred in two Showtime shows. Um, Start. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and my my boy my boy Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, Ewan McGregor is going to be in a Showtime series. Um, it's called it's a limited series called A Gentleman in Moscow. Mm, so he'll okay. play Count Alexander Rostov, who in the aftermath of the Russian Revolution, Anna, finds that his gilded past places him on the wrong side of history. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, um, and, Rostov, not Rostov. Oh, Rostov, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for correcting that. You're very but, welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, Aaron Greger, a favorite actor of mine. Um, I haven't worked with him yet. I'd love to work with him. I, I haven't worked with him either. I guess tech. I've been on set with him. I wouldn't say we worked, but we were on the same set. Oh, uh, but you never did. You see him in person? Yeah, I mean, okay. I was. Yeah, I was back around. He was. He was there. What project was this for? Is this the one this with on, uh, Ewan, uh, Yeah, this was coming out like in a month or so. Uh, Ray and Raymond, or Raymond and Ray. Raymond and Ray. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. So I saw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm, I'm excited to see that one, actually. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so production begins later this year. This one's in uh, pre-production. Um, will premiere on Showtime in 2023. All right. Okay. All right, what's going on Apple, which is number 14 on this? Well, we talked about Leading Lake already at the beginning of the program, so we can skip that part. Um, but interestingly enough, one more tidbit on this one, on the Leading Lake uh, debacle, because it appears to be a, a fake news, right? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But David Simon made a very interesting point. Uh, he so he is the husband of Laura Lipman. Laura Lipman wrote the book. What? They're married. They're married. They're a married I couple. Never Laura knew Lipman. That. Wow. Yeah, uh, is the author of Lady in Lake. David Simon, of course, uh, produced The Wire. We own the city. Um, and he said we shot 200 hours of television over the past two decades. Talking about The Wire, and probably also We Own the City, and probably other shows that he shot. Communicated where we shot. Always a few loud mouths hyping. Always folks and crew, location, security, Baltimore Police Department trained to firmly but respectfully respond. Baltimore is good people. <laughs> That's what he said. 
So, uh, I don't know. The story might have been a little blown out of proportion. So, uh, but I mean, uh, I guess it, hey, since this will never air, I guess I can say here, I did shoot one day on a show in Baltimore. Sadly, that show was canceled. But I had to say some very inappropriate things really loudly in the middle of a street in Baltimore. And no, that could have been no, really scary. It could have been. You know, part of me was like, this could get really bad. No one bothered anybody. I mean, they there, there was I think there was security. I pray there was security. Right. But nobody there were no fights. Nobody shouted back or anything. I mean, I was yelling some very inappropriate things. Racist, in the middle of the night, almost very racist, racist. very yeah, racist it, things. You can live it. Yes, right? it was a period piece, and I was playing a racist, well, a a cop. racist cop, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. there were no problems. It was, it was, it was all handled very respectfully, and people were watching. There were people on the streets right. watching, but nobody, you know, nobody did anything. Granted, an yeah. actor trying to make his way will jump at the role, but I can imagine some actors maybe being uncomfortable with that, right? I figure somebody's got to play the part. I want right. that check, so why right. not? It, it, that principal oh, check's nice, dude. That's heck yeah. That's you know, it's it's an interesting experience that you're talking about because, I mean, this was not this was after the movie, but I was I ended up being stranded in I think it was downtown Baltimore, and I think the game was going on or some kind of, kind of convention, so all the hotels oh. in downtown the area was were basically booked. You were working in our hood, huh? Okay. You know, I I travel. You dabble, you dabble. I know. Mm-hmm. And so, I I. Okay, so you know, in New York, New York is known as the city of crime and you know, the neighborhoods, this and that. But honestly, where I was, I, I, I don't it honestly scared me. I don't know. And and I, I don't hmm. get scared easily. I'm a New Yorker, you know, like yeah. I've seen it all. And you know, some somebody was basically selling illegal substances on the corner and there were huge cockroaches everywhere and yeah. people were just like a, yeah. like not diverse whatsoever either it seemed like and i just i felt very out of place i mean you're saying you were alone at night after a shoot was over wasn't at night this was still during the day but uh, oh, okay. this would be like evening time maybe like 6 p.m in the summer so it was still light and we're trying to figure out what to do i wasn't i was i wasn't by myself i was another new yorker trying to make our way home because um i believe the last bus out of baltimore was out we we missed that oh wow Mm -hmm. we had to actually stay i I believe we found a hotel motel whatever but we had to hotel motel holiday right we had to take like two or three buses to get to it uh, closer wow. to like White Marsh area. Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. And then eventually from so so from like downtown Baltimore to get to White Marsh by local buses. Yikes. Wow. Yeah, it, it was an experience and and it's, it's not interesting. A- we're thinking of, we're we're starting to like remember all these like crazy incidents that happened to us on yeah. Yeah, like, and it, so, could, it could take a whole show to talk about. Like I haven't, I haven't been back in that area, and I'm not talking about the ma- marina and the water. I'm talking about like the center city. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, like I said, it's hard to make me surprised by something. Right. And this was definitely one of those like I don't think I want to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> every every city does have their rough areas. You just happen it, to be in the, on the one of the true. very 
Very yeah, but I, I felt like I wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be. It was just <laughs> like a regular bus stop, you know? We're just waiting right. for a bus. And the train completely right across the way. Completely guess, fair, Anna. Uh, but, I mean, not saying anything bad about the city itself, but, but yeah, you, you're right. There's just some areas that are not great, and you got to be careful. Got to be careful, no matter it's what. It's Philly, New York, all over the place. So it just... It, True that. The night before was amazing, you know. Like there you go. But the the day after, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> mm. It was actually an Olivia Wilde movie too, and uh, Russ, oh uh, wait a minute now and oh yes, um, better living through chemistry. Uh, yes, pharmaceutical oh, wow. um, comedy, I think. Yeah. Better living through chemistry, correct? Yes, that's yeah. a better living through chemistry. Yes. Yeah. Wow. wow. Olivia Wilde has always involved some crazy stuff. <laughs> All right, let's throw up a couple more things and wrap up. Uh oh wait, I think somebody uh yes, let's let's welcome them, right? Yeah, let's 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 uh I think someone's gonna be joining for the last part of the show. Hold on, let's say yeah, feel free. Feel free. Chachi, Steve, Vic, oh who could it be? Feel free. Okay. Well, let's announce him when he joins us, right? Oh yeah. All right. Um, let's see a couple more things on Apple TV. Academy Award-winning actress Jennifer Connelly will star in a highly anticipated Apple original series adaptation of Dark Matter. Um, Dark Matter. And Dark Matter is stars Joel Edgerton, as he will star and executive produce. It's a sci-fi limited series, nine episodes, and it sounds pretty exciting. It follows a character by play by uh, Joel Edgerton, a physicist, professor, and family man. One night, walking home from the streets of Chicago, is abducted into an alternate version of his life. That mm. sounds pretty wild. See, Apple's come up with some pretty crazy stuff, and and I think we should bring on um, just joining us here on Below the Belt Show, someone who's starring in an upcoming Apple TV series, right? That we just happen to talk about, uh, actor extraordinaire and your friendly neighborhood police officer, Victor Dobro. I got it. There he is, right? We're just talking. We're just talking Apple TV, and we're bringing on Apple TV star Victor Dobro. What's up, guys? Hey, <laughs> good to have you on Kids Below the Belt Show. Yeah, you like my bow tie for my waiter uh, audition? Oh, is that what that is? Oh, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> that works. I mean, you got that down pat, man. We're just we're just talking Apple TV, and and uh, we we discussed what happened. On Lady in the Lake, uh, and um, I guess it's on your IMDb. We we can mention that you you are uh, you're in Lady in the Lake in a principal role. Uh, as up, I guess if you could tell us what, what your role is, Victor, we we'd love to hear it. Officer Paul, that's all I can say. Officer Paul, wow. that is incredible news, man. So Victor, someone that I saw. The Worked on the show, and as someone who's also a police officer, your friendly neighborhood police officer, you, I know you yeah. have a unique opinion on 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 what happened on Lady in the Lake and this uh, alleged uh, drug extortion thing that ended up being a vendor turned. We don't know. There's a lot of information, maybe that we. What don't do you know? know? But what you guys know, and what the public knows, I mean, I didn't get any. You know, what's funny is I'll get an email from production saying, you know, no closed shoes on or no open toed shoes on set. So I, I did get that. And I got <laughs> some other emails saying that the storm is coming in. Everyone, everyone be be safe. Um, but I haven't 
gotten any you know email blasts uh, from production about this incident, but and all I know is what you guys know, um, and then what what I just saw recently, what you sent me, Al. So yeah, but any rumors? We've, got, we've talked before about the different you know set security uh, problems right. we've had, or you know what I've seen like when I used to do background is like how how poorly <laughs> backgrounds treated, but then they're treating people in the streets poorly, like, um, you know, just yelling at them and telling them when they can and can't cross the public street. So, you know, a lot of these outdoor scenes, you know, they're, they're open sets. So you really can't, you know, without a police officer stopping the road, you're really not able to secure and stop people, um, you know, to have that free rite of passage. <laughs> but right. I've seen, you know, I've seen like, you know, the poor, you know, uh, production assistant, you know, trying to stop somebody that's mentally ill and then raising their voice but then i see this and i'm like that's not good like i you know i've got like 20 years of experience dealing with people in crisis and you can tell when somebody in the street uh you should probably not you know mess with (laughs) so it's like (laughs) just the films that i've done i've seen that and i'm like you know this is a little bit maybe a little bit different but we're talking about scenes or you know set security and right stuff like that it's just um a shame like I, i mean did you guys talk about the new york shooting you know, where it was just like a parking lot. Yeah, we, we actually tied that in a little earlier when we talked about it. And we were talking also yeah. our, our most dangerous or uh, craziest or times that we might have felt unsafe on set. And uh, maybe you could chime in on your particular uh, moment, Victor, on set that might have been crazy, might have been dangerous. Um, uh, does something come to mind? I don't know. Did, is there something I'm missing? Um, I don't know. Just um, maybe like weapons handling. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's pushed down for every production to say that oh, we take all the utmost precautions and you know, and it was after the 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 um, the Baldwin shooting. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, the the politically correct thing to say is like oh, all you know, all precautions are taken. You know, we do this. It's a safety briefing and this and that. And I'm shaking my head thinking, like, no, that's not what happens on most on most productions. Um, Yeah, I've I've had I almost had my neck slit uh, with a prop scalpel that you can um, add add blood to. But the problem is, is that prop uh, scalpel is meant for other prop, um, you know, like a a fake dead body to show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put it a, you track, know, uh, as it's supposed to, or you have to actually cut on something. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, so I caught that and then my scene partner caught it. Um, but that was probably like the biggest, like, wow. You know what I mean? Because like that really could have could have hurt me or killed me. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, probably the worst, wow. it's probably the worst security one. But yeah, like the poor weapons handling and, and like, you know. Um, stuff like that and then other than that it's just basically how how people are spoken to on the streets on these mm-hmm. sets um you know which is you know you yell at someone that's mentally ill you know that that's what it you know sometimes triggers mentally ill people and then you know they're you know killing stabbing shooting people um i mean so I'm sure some of these people I've worked with in this industry have had mental health issues, right, Vince? We're not, I'm not going to name the names, but... No, but there might be a few out there. This, I think there's a Price. few. More than few. 
One of the few, for sure. I mean, they say a lot of artists are have a little bit of crazy in them. We're all crazy, if, but there's crazy. But there's also crazy. mental illness crazy. Yeah. It's a little, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a spectrum of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Vic, uh, I, we talked a little bit uh, with Anna and Vince about what they've been up to. Uh, what have you been up to? And if you want to share with the audience upcoming projects, I mean, obviously we did talk about Lady in the Lake already. Maybe you can uh, talk about your onset experience with that. And I know you were in Chicago not too long ago as well. Yeah, I'm still. I guess um, it's weird these productions. I'm 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 on hold. I guess for the whole month of September. And I just reached out um, trying to figure out my next pickup date uh, for Lady in the Lake, and I haven't heard back. Um, so I've been giving full availability to every other studio production. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I told I told my my uh, you know my agent that um, and that the uh, agents, right? <laughs> getting better. With, with I, my communication is getting better with these agencies. I have like you know five or six now, but right. I, I, I was joking, to, saying a hundred. <laughs> yeah. A couple of them today, but um, no, the clowns. I just got a call from the producer uh, slash director, part-time director, uh, yeah. Ross Otterman. Um, I heard that they were finished all production and heading into post, but then he just left me a message saying that um, he may pick up just a more scenes or dates. But uh, that show, the thriller show, um, uh, the clowns looks like it's just about wrapped up. Um, and then I just started doing Austin, the film uh, down in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And that's nice. pretty cool project as like a, a MARSOC Marine, like um, special forces team leader. Um, so that's really exciting. And then um, Towns of the Phoenix is wrapped. So they're in post nice. production, but basically I'm just, I'm doing tons of auditions. Um, yeah. You know, aren't we all? Yeah. In, in between projects right now. So I'm just, you know, there's a couple that I'm really, really hoping hoping for that you guys know which ones. It's it's the ones where, you know, you're doing like three or four self tapes. You know, and there's, oh, yeah. so there's two at the top, two at the top of my list that I really want. Everything else, um, like yeah, uh, I, really hope, I hope I hope we all book or, or most of us book for sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, that's great. That's great. Things are going well for you, Victor. I mean, I remember uh, when we were talking to you for the first time at Below the Belt show. You just you just did uh, your stint on uh, The Walking Dead, uh, uh, World Beyond, and look at you now, man. It's amazing where how far your career has, has gotten. Just in the year that I've known you, you know? I owe it all to you guys. Cause if it wasn't for you guys in our group chats, uh, I would have no advice and feedback from any other actor in the industry. Because actors don't tell each other what they're doing, really. Or uh, shows too. Very, very, very different types. So you know, it's like <laughs> I no, don't think you, you can talk to roles. Talk, you can be friends. You can talk to them on set. But if if you're not bouncing ideas um, mm -hmm. off of somebody uh, routinely, uh, like like we do, um, I think those all those people are missing out. I mean, because we're we're, yeah. we're giving each other like feedback, and, that, and that's great. So I really I really appreciate. Um, the camaraderie and friendship, um, but it helps us professionally too. <laughs> As totally. do we. As do we. Yeah. And, and the good humor too. I like to talk about <laughs> everything going on in the world and uh, tolerance of others' uh, political views and different views <laughs> in the world. So, some people not as tolerant as others. Let's just. <laughs> Did you guys talk about before I got on? Can we talk, can we talk the, about 
there were no specifics. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. We will talk about that. You know. now, now, now the audience knows what they were talking about. <laughs> but we're very tolerant. I mean, you know, there's others that are not as tolerant about certain memes or comedy things <laughs> that might be lean one way or another. But anyways, that's for that's for another time. <laughs> I'm almost done with the, the Hollywood review. We'll just throw out a couple more, and then maybe we can get into more cool stuff. Uh, let's see. On Paramount Plus, they're like the the network that really wants to to be the next Netflix, but they're not quite there yet. Uh, they got a show called Yellowstone, which is uh, – I can't believe it's in season five already. They just dropped the official teaser. I believe, Victor, you're a fan of Yellowstone or 1883. I think one of those shows, right? Yes, uh, and I keep hounding my one agent to find me yeah. something. And she well, said, I, yeah, I put you in 1883, 1923. I'm like, what? They're going like, all over the timeline, aren't they? I, yeah. I didn't even meet them until after 1883, you know, premiered. So I'm yeah. like, well, she didn't put Well, I guess what? we should say that Taylor Sheridan, the showrunner of Yellowstone, has a show coming here to the DMV, uh, Baltimore and D.C., I believe, and mostly in Baltimore, I, I believe. Um Starring Zoe Saldana called Lioness, and this is really exciting. Uh, we hope that uh, a lot of our friends and colleagues are going to be seen uh, in this upcoming series as well. So, Allegedly, they started yesterday. I mean, I don't know anybody who's in it other than, like, beachgoers. But, you know, <laughs> They're looking but, for a you, Top Gun beach-type, Maverick, Top Gun beach. Maverick beach scene. <laughs> They're looking is for that stuff. the one where they're Delaware? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beach, Delaware. Yeah, Anna, you want to be, they, uh, you want to flaunt in your bikini on a, on a Top Gun Maverick style shoot? Yeah, I would do it. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> well, I'll have to flaunt it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh man, good stuff. Um, Paramount Plus also has a movie with Sanae Lathan making her directorial debut. A uh, movie called On the Come Up. Um, so this is actually going to premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. Then it will drop on Paramount Plus. But um, it's based on uh, a, a young adult novel novel by Angie Thomas. And it's about a 16-year-old gifted rapper who attempts to take the battle rap scene by storm. Wow. Uh kind of crazy at that age to, to kind of like hang with the you know the masters of rap you know uh could make for some very interesting story for sure is that the female rappers female rap yeah she's a 16 year old gifted rapper and uh, apparently uh she wants to do right but the legacy of her father uh her father is a local hip-hop legend whose career was cut short by gang violence mm. so, it could be uh, very interesting actually Especially if the music is done well and everything is. Yeah, it could, it could be. It could be a contender. Of course, it's for the MTV generation. They actually play that on MTV uh, VMAs. Um, let's see over on Peacock. Uh, Joe Pesci is joining Pete Davidson's comedy series. This is an interesting casting, man. Mm-hmm. So Pete, as you know, left Saturday Night Live. Um, and he also left Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I know they broke up. Isn't that crazy? Not crazy, but uh, he's got um, a semi-autobiographical comedy series called uh, Bupkis, and uh, yeah, so it's interesting, uh, interesting, uh, you know, uh, casting to have Joe Pesci, and apparently this is a heightened, fictionalized version of 
Pete Davidson's life. So, which probably. is that not? He he's really into the autobiographical stuff. Yeah, he had something similar with Joe. Um, King, well, there's King of Staten Island. King of Staten yeah, that's, that that's it. King of Staten Island with yeah. um. It was pretty good though. Was Bill right. Burr. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Bill Burr mm-hmm. and um, who's the other actor? Um, Marissa Tomei. And, no, um, very iconic actor who's on Boardwalk Empire. Oh. Buscemi? Steve Buscemi, yes. yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's see. So this one's really interesting. Um, so we talked about, you know, putting your foot in your mouth and earlier, but uh, Jeff Garland, the star of the Goldbergs, apparently, um, you know, he was fired from the show last year, right? Or asked to leave because apparent misconduct, apparently a joke went too far. He made a joke and it offended some some yeah. someone on set got all up in arms or whatever anyways he left the show and they only were using like archive footage of him it was very awkward very weird so now they officially made the decision to kill him off <laughs> the last season oh no it's not even the last season it's just season 10 there might be more seasons but uh crazy man i'm just they should just end the show guy i mean yeah it's just the Goldbergs, the the eighties based sitcom on ABC and Jeff Garland. He's like the patriarch of the family, you know, and he's like, uh, but they did an AR uh, HR investigation for his onset behavior. Apparently he made comments like, Oh, my pussy hurts or something like that. <laughs> he said something along those lines, and then like That's inappropriate. You know, and then a young PA got all up in arms, got very oh, that's so offensive. He said my pussy hurts and I'm transgender and I don't know. Well, for whatever the uh, reason is, um, sure. and that, that's my inclination. That's possibly what happened, but they didn't allude to who exactly got offended and why. Um, but, uh, you know, the, but that, it was weird how you, you kill off a character off a sitcom. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. did that work for? Like, they did it. They did it for Roseanne. Roseanne yeah. said that controversial <laughs> thing about a, a, a politician resembling an ape. And it said some really fucked up shit, you know, Planet of the Ape, really racist, crazy shit. And yeah. they had no choice but to, to kill her off. And she's like, oh, I wasn't trying to be racist. Yeah, if you look, you know, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's like, you know, she's trying to obviously defend her comments, but uh, they killed her off Roseanne off her show. And it's interesting enough, it's called The Connors. And the son, Michael Fishman, apparently he was asked not to come back either. Yeah. And the upcoming season, uh, the fifth season of The Connors. Did you see that too? It's I saw that. I saw his. They, they keep having this happen, and then these people give these generic like, "It's been such an honor, and I wish the cast right. well." And it's like we just want to know what happened. Like we want to know what happened. Why the fuck you're leaving? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. You know, like w- why did Lapita Nyong'o like like she just wanted out? Oh. I mean, there's rumors, yeah. but we don't know why she wanted out. Um, you know, we'll we, know we about ten years. You know, when the biography yeah. comes out or whatever. Why exactly. did Barbie leave Euphoria? I mean, come on. Like, right. There's got to be a good reason for that. Right. No. You want to know why Barbie's leaving Euphoria, right? Yeah, come you on. Like those, cat, those cat videos, those S&M videos she did in Euphoria, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> was no good comment. Stuff. No comment. It's a good show. You guys got to watch it. It is a good show. Yeah. Fun. Fun. Um, Anna Kuchma, NYCC, New York Comic Con, number 18 on my list. This is, this is one of the best comic cons in the nation um i'm so happy uh to have been a part of a couple uh new york comic cons but they just announced some of the panels that will be a part of it anna get ready hopefully we'll be uh checking it out um the walking dead the final season 
Um, of course, we have a CRM officer here on the panel. But, uh, yeah, uh, season 11 is it for The Walking Dead. They're going to go off to a few spinoffs after that. Also, Outlander is going to have a panel. Um, Weird Al Yankovic biopic, which you talked about earlier, is going to have a panel as well. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I had the pleasure of working with Daniel Radcliffe, and he is an amazing person. Really, like, down to earth, just chill. So it would be nice to actually reconnect and be like, hey, you know. Oh, and if I, you see him, if you see him uh, at the New York Comic Con, yeah. Yeah, like he would definitely remember me, and he would definitely be just. I I feel like he, he would still be like, like what's going on? You know, it's been a long time, but. Right. Yeah, I know. Good. But you love it. We'll love it when the celebrities remember who you are. <laughs> it gives you a little. It gives you a nicer feeling, right? <laughs> that and you know what? Sometimes celebrities really appreciate it when you recognize them when they're still not like big big celebrities. I, yes. I, I yes. watched the show that was a BBC, BBC show, uh, The Class, and then uh, the guy was playing in a what was that show? Whatever in uh, in New York, and I recognized him, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's that guy, you know. And I talked to him for like half an hour while waiting to get to do the scene, and you could see he was so happy. He's like, yeah, I hope America really like, gets to know me, and I'm like, yeah, like. You're actually really talented and good looking, but still, I mean, that helps. <laughs> but we ended up chatting and he was really cool. And I, I, I'm, I'm glad I actually initiated that. Con- well, he initiated the conversation. I was playing a hooker, uh, but still. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Not. But you know, um, let's do a second topic. Let's do let's do favorite celebrity encounters on set. Let's do that because you just mentioned one, Anna. Daniel I know everybody has a favorite celebrity encounter on set. I know everyone has one. Oh, 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 oh sorry. Go ahead. Um, okay. Anna, you got another one before we go around the room? Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, uh, uh, Kanye. Um, Kanye West? No, 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 no. He's French actor uh, on the beach. Uh, the beach. Uh, Guillaume Kanye. Guillaume Kanye. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, what so, was particularly uh, awesome about that experience? Well, first of all, there's a little bit of a backstory to the whole thing. So uh, I play piano and I sing. And so this, this is years ago. I was playing this one song and uh, loved it. Looked it up finally on YouTube or whatever. Watched the video. And it was like a Japanese video. But there was a movie playing. I thought it was actually a music video. But it was actually a movie playing in the background and the movie was called after I googled and realized it was a movie it was called a love me if you dare and starting Guillaume Kenney and now his I don't think they're married together but the Marion Cotillard Cotillard yeah yes so um totally loved the movie totally loved him in it did not realize that they were married at that time I think they were not I think they were just in the movie together so this was years ago and then I was working on a set of, can't remember the name of the movie, but I see this very familiar face and I'm just, oh my gosh, this is Guillaume Kenney. I, I can't believe this. Like I'm in the same room. I'm just pretty much staring at him for hours because we're like in this restaurant scene or whatever, but not okay. too many people staring, staring. And it was him and Kira Knightley. Everybody's staring at oh, nice. Kira Knightley. And I'm like, I could care less. I'm staring at him. Nobody okay. could. 
nobody recognizes him. This is years ago. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, first of all, he's hot, but that's not even. <laughs> it's okay I to just, say that. So I just really wanted to like say hi, do something. So I go to the bathroom at the end of the day. We were wrapped for the day. And um, I remember Karen Knightley was in the bathroom. So they didn't let me use the restroom. So I was waiting. Um, and then I see him come out of the bathroom or whatever it was. And I boldly, I, I'm thinking to myself, they, they, they can't do anything. We're done, you know? I come up to him and I tell him this backstory that I just told you. And he basically gave me a hug, gave me a kiss on the cheek. And he's like, oh, thank you so very much. You know, it's so nice to hear this and blah, blah, blah. And he was just super sweet about it. And I, it was one of those moments that I, I wish I could like, like, put it in a little present put a bow tie and just carry it with me at all times and later on I actually worked uh, on a project with his wife or um and uh, and and I ended up walking up to her and telling her the whole story about him and the backstory and she was and also told her she is an amazing singer because she she is one of the I think two um actors slash singers who received uh, an Oscar for an old foreign film for uh, La Vie and Rose. And the okay. other one was Sophia, Sophia Loren. Just, okay. uh, so that's well, a pretty cool thing. And so right. she did the same thing. She said, amazing, awesome. So she was really wonderful too. Anyways, I know long story, but it was very special. And anyways, it was great. Wow. Um, well, uh, Vinny, Vinny Mac, I think is uh, is good. Vinny be, Mac's uh, got to go. He's gonna be a pumpkin, but I gotta you, get up. Can you tomorrow. can you end with your story of of, of your favorite celebrity encounter before um, you pass out? Let's see. Um, Phoenix. Yes, when I got to work with Victor Dobro for the first time, I was <laughs> starstruck, and I still haven't gotten over it. Woo! Go, second go, choice. No, I will say no. You the, you got one. I know you. Aside got from one. Victor, aside from Victor, the one time I was a little starstruck was on the Irishman because it was like, I just had to be, it was background, but I was holding a microphone in front of Al Pacino's face, just like oh, take after wow. take after take after take. And I'm just like, I was in it. I wasn't like flipping out, but I was just like, I'm doing that's a scene awesome. with Al Pacino. I'm doing a scene with Al Pacino over and over, which was, you know, that's a cool moment. You can't, I love it. Ah, can't top that. Ooh, ah. I had a nice guy ah. with Dustin Hoffman, actually just thought about that. Oh, well, there you go. All right, I'm out of here. Vinny, peace, Vinny peace Mac uh, oh, is going to peace out. Uh, Victor, you're going to stick around? This is really lovely. Yeah. We're almost done. We're almost done. Just got cut. All right. So Victor's, Victor, uh, Vince has had left the building. Look, Victor, do you, now you've only been acting as a SAG actor for roughly about a year, but you've had some great yeah. experiences. A little bit over a year, and I've, I've met and worked with a lot of great actors already. Like, yeah. Hot. But um, like the on not being like well starstruck but like a really cool incident i don't know if i ever told you that when i met christopher walken on the set of around the bend so you're talking like 2002 2004 maybe okay and i was a police officer blocking traffic for like the set you know like scene secure you know set security you know and they're um uh they're filming you know the their restaurant scene which is like half the movie but um, I was eating in Crafty. Somebody invited me to eat with them. Um, and I'm in uniform. And all of a sudden, uh, Christopher Watkins standing over my shoulder. And he, like, taps me on my, my shoulder. And I turn around. And I recognize who it was. 
and he in his in his voice and I can't do the impression I can't do it any justice but in his in his speech pattern he says uh, uh, are are you going to eat that like he's pointing at my plate like like <laughs> inches away and like I'm, you know you can tell like I'm starstruck and I'm like uh, you can have it if you want uh, and that, that's all it was but like it, it's so cool because he has such a unique like speech pattern um, you know a lot of great people impersonate him or whatever but. You know, he's like, it was the A-lister, I think, on that movie. Um, but just him tapping me on my shoulder when I'm a cop, you know, at Crafty. You know what I mean? Like, co-mingling. Cool. Like cool. And this is before you're an actor. So this is, that yeah, meant I mean, a lot. It's a little bit different when you're not an actor. This was 20 years first. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now, now you do it. That's that's really cool. Yeah. For me, for me, it's got to be meeting Angelina Jolie on the set of Salt. Um, I know you're I, there too. There, there was a, a a moment in time where I actually got to talk to the Queen. I mean, Angelina is Hollywood royalty. She's the daughter of um, John Voight, and um, she plays this amazing role uh, as Angelina Salt. And uh she was just talking about, you know, the repeated running that we had to do because we had a scene where we crossed each other. And, uh, you know, I could tell that she, she it was getting to her, you know, she was a little bit out of breath. And she's like, oh, wow. It's like, wow, is it, is it really tough to keep up with all the running? She's like, it's not so much the running. It's because I have to run in these shoes. And she pointed to her shoes. And I thought that was really kind of nice that that she you know, took some time to talk with me, you know. She's an A-lister. Granted, we, you know, we talk with a lot of actors on set. You know, we've been on many, many, many sets. And it's always nice to talk to some of the stars and the principals on set. But that was a really, really like a very memorable moment for me. You um, know, that that was the same thing. It was not so, but it was a different, obviously, scene. And we were in Crafty. She had a guard. But she was super nice. And she's like, hey, do you know if that suit was good or whatever? It was like she, she was asking suggestions and something about mm -hmm. we ended up talking about being Russian, you know, and but oh okay yeah about it. oh my gosh like That's she really cool. is a nice person yeah and one of my favorite favorite encounters is working with uh, michael kelly from house of cards um i give him a shout because after meeting him on set i told him about my podcast he's been on my show three times i'd love to get him back it's uh since then because he was promoting you know, house of cards and, and a movie that he shot locally in baltimore um but uh it was funny because we were we're we're on set and uh, he had like an intimate scene they had to do like the next day. One of the actresses were on, was on set and he's like, yeah, you got, you ready to get naked? <laughs> Just like right in front of us, you know, we started like laughing about it. And then uh, he, Michael Kelly was the one that told me um, about legal cheating. So legal cheating, which is a term that I always credit him for is when you're a married actor and you have to do intimate scenes with other actresses. He calls it legal cheating. And I think it's the best. <laughs> That's because he says, yeah, I, I really haven't, prior to House of Cards, I really ha haven't done too much of this. You know, this is the first time that he, you know, he's number three to Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright, you know, um, and, and a stamper. And he said that, that you know, I remember him saying during the interview that, you know, that that was one of the first things that, uh, that he That's had to hard. encounter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh good guy michael kelly uh stand-up guy always great a joy to be on set so that's really also a really good topic and uh um i only have two more things on my list before we uh wrap up tonight's show number 19 is sag aftra just uh announced key dates for the upcoming sag awards and i believe victor you're a member of the the movie nomination or the tv nomination committee which one are you yeah, a part I of 
I have no clue. Like I've gotten all this material. Like you would know better than me. They 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 warned me that they were gonna bombard me with notices and media, but I haven't really gotten anything. I think oh, I've gotten okay. One. Okay. I mean, I've gotten one for a sh- um um uh, viewing or not a viewing some type some type of thing in L.A. Okay. But I should have never looked at LA as like I re- you know I listed L.A. and New York as like the preference that's, of that's where all the events are gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. That's the wise move. Really, they don't have, they don't have really much in the DMV. What's that? I have no idea what I signed up for. <laughs> no, I, it's it's a great privilege, and uh, you know you should you should try to go to the few of the ones that you're able to in New York. Well, some of the key dates, if you if you want to know, um, obviously the uh, nominating committees were formed in on August first, uh, and then the submissions for the nomination. So you're gonna probably get bombarded uh, September through October because submissions end. Um, uh, on October 21st for studios to submit their stuff for, you know, for your consideration. Then the nomination voting um, opens on December 5th. So that's when things are going to start getting super, super busy. And then that's where the voting committee have to decide on the nominees that all the SAG members will vote for. And then the nominations are announced on January 11th. So, that's when the bulk of, I believe, all the events are going to happen uh, between uh, September and um, January, early, probably early January, because uh, the voting closes um, January 11th. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sounds um, right. Yeah, and the, the award show is actually February 24th, and they actually um, they actually lost their contract with TBS and TNT. Uh, and last year's SAG Awards, which was um, virtual due to the pandemic, was was spiking then in January. I believe they went online on their SAG AFTRA um, official site. So they're still looking for a network for the upcoming 2023 um, awards. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, speaking of awards, Chris Rock declined an offer to host the 2023 Academy Awards. It's crazy how, you know, you get slapped on stage. And then they asked him to host the next award show. But he had a very interesting analogy. He said, returning the hosting to the Oscars is like returning to the scene of a crime. Mm. Re- referencing the murder of O.J. Simpson, whose ex-wife killing began with her leaving a pair of sunglasses at an Italian restaurant. Chris Rock said returning to the Oscars would be like asking Nicole Brown Simpson to go back to the restaurant to pick up the glasses. <laughs> one. It's basically, it's the crime scene. It's like, I mean, it's funny, but that's the joke that he said on stage. So no, he will not be returning to host the Oscars. Although I think, uh, I think it would be a, I think it'd be a ratings killer. I think it would be awesome to see Chris Rock host. I think that would be dope. Um, and the last thing I have, last but not least, um, over up in the the Prudential Center in Jersey was the VMAs and. Uh, just a couple of the highlights. Um, so apparently the, the viewership was really high because it went on different platforms, not just MTV, but Paramount Global and other and CW actually aired the VMAs as well. Uh, Taylor Swift won video of the year. She has a 10 minute video, <laughs> which is unheard of uh, for a song all too well. And she won that. Um, 
Um, Harry Styles won Album of the Year for Harry's House. Of course, he's the home wrecker of Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis after they hooked up on the movie set of um, Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, Bad Bunny became the first Latin artist to win Artist of the Year. And then one of the highlights for me, of course, was Johnny Depp uh, as the Moon Man. <laughs> Did you hear about this, man? So uh, they put his face, like a um, a digital version of Johnny's face, but they use his actual voice. And <laughs> he, you know, talked about needing work. So he says, hey, I needed the work. That's why I'm here. So he's like a moon man floating. <laughs> and then he said that he's available for your bar mitzvahs, for your wakes and things like that. Just taking a complete like comedy. uh <laughs> act on it um i say i'm available for birthdays bar mitzvahs weddings wakes any old thing you need (laughs) and i think johnny i think his career is uh now that he was kind of you know won that trial i think his career is going to come back i really do i hope so i think uh, he's going to do okay yeah um um fergie opened up the show uh with harlow you know with that first class song um which now makes sense because, you know, he sampled that song, but gave mad respect for Fergie. Uh, Madison, uh, I mean, too much male nudity on stage for that. Uh, the singer was had a thong on, was dancing around. It was, it was a little too much for me. I just had to, I had to turn away, man. I had to turn away. But uh, <laughs> um, And Best New Artist, Dove Cameron, who's also an accomplished actress. Best New Artist uh, was the winner for that. So, uh yeah, I mean, that was pretty much the VMAs there. Um, um, I'm not going to read all the rest of the winners, but uh, always a fun uh, show, um, even though, uh, you know, it does get a little political from time to time. <laughs> you know how they are. All right. Um, so we end, of course, for, for those that are no longer with us, um, if you're a fan of Beverly Hills 90210, we lost Joey Tata, who played uh, the Peach Pit owner, Nat Buccio. Victor, you, you watched a few episodes of 90210, didn't you? Beverly Hills, you ever get into that? Yeah, God. yeah. The Peach Pit what? owner, Nat. Sadly, he passed okay. away. Well, yeah, he was. He was young, I'm assuming. Yeah, he had di- uh, um, he had died of Alzheimer's, nice. uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's in two, uh, 2018, um, and then uh, yeah, sadly, he had passed away. Um, he had been moved to a, a hospital since April, just due for declining health. And he actually appeared on the 90210 um, sequel reboot back in 2018. 20, sorry, 2008, rather. Um, also, this one's really, really sad. Charles B. Dean, she's a model and actress from South Africa, uh, died from an unexpected illness at the age of 32. She was in Black Lightning on the CW. Um, she was in uh, a South American film, sorry, South African film, rather, Spud and Spud 2. And she was in the Palme d'Or winner at the Cannes Film Festival, Triangle of Sadness, a satirical dark comedy, which is her first major film. And, uh, yeah, kind of uh, sad that we don't know more information of what the illness was. But uh, at 32 years old and perfect health, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Um, We also lost Ralph Eggleston, animation whiz, who led up the Toy Story movie. Sally died from 
a lengthy battle with pancreatic cancer, and last but maybe not least, Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he sadly, yeah, he passed away as well at the age of 91. Um, he was the yeah. final leader of the Soviet Union, Anna, uh, as you know, uh, now it became uh, the free nation afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. After the end of the Cold War, if you know your history, Anna, right? Well, well, how, how did you think of Gorbachev as a, as a leader or your thoughts on him? Uh, since I'm not a very political person, um, he did some major changes, yeah. you know, and uh, I feel like it changed the USSR greatly, and it's never been the same. Never been the same since, yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently was responsible for relaxing the Communist Party. and um, Was he responsible for Perestroika as well, or no? <laughs> that was a Russian side. <laughs> what did you say? Well, yeah, but everybody says it. Perestroika. Perestroika. Uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, I don't know how. I'm sure there's a name for it, but that that's what everybody says, even in English, even though it's a Russian word. Um, changing of the country, I guess. Changing of the country. Yes. Re- reformation of. Uh, if you had to translate it, it would be brick by brick. You would uh, re, you would would uh, change, transform one one building into a different one. Right. Yeah, I mean, it basically, it's radical reform is what he. Yeah. To to bring it into the Cold War. So I think yeah. that that that's the the word for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, some people look at him as you know as, as an antagonist. Some look at him as a as a great leader. It depends. Uh, on your opinion there so i was too young at that time to really care honestly so right like, i mean i know the history and i feel like this would be a good great great question to my parents you know, okay that would they would tell you what they really think uh how it affected the country and the people mm-hmm. i mean i know we fled so because i think very strike happened in about 91 we left in 1994. that's when you left um, mm-hmm. Russia, yeah. Yep. Wow. Interesting. I'm glad that that news bit came up when, when you were on the panel, Anna. So that worked out really well. Absolutely. And uh, if you remember Nichelle Nichols, we talked about her, who sadly passed away. She's an icon in Star Trek. She actually will be having her um, remains, a portion of her cremated remains, sent into space. Mm, uh, by, by yeah, by a company called Celestis Incorporated. Very modern. Yeah, I How mean nicest one from uh that were living maybe 10 years ago when i was going did to you, convention she was yeah. the nicest one that i'm out of the whole crew oh. so and you met several of the the star trek uh actors and are you a trek fan yourself victor no but i i go to all those uh, autograph conventions <laughs> right right no doubt no doubt yeah and i heard nothing but great things i haven't met her yet but uh she she was uh yeah a trailblazer you know one of the first African-American actresses to have a prominent role in a television series during that time. And the first interracial kiss with William Shatner. So, um, yeah. And, um, of course, another uh, birthday shout-out uh, for those celebrating on Tuesday, August 30th, include Michael Chiklis from The Shield is 59. Michael Michelle from ER. She was also on Homicide, Life in the Street, the original 
wire <laughs> in Baltimore's yeah. 56. And Cameron Diaz, the lovely Cameron Diaz is 50. Um, that's 50. birthdays. Yeah, I know, right? Cameron Diaz is 50. Um, and I'm glad she's returning to acting. She took a little hiatus, you know, so. Sometimes people need a little bit of break before they uh, <laughs> come back swinging, right? So, yeah, bit. that that concludes uh, tonight's uh, uh, BTB. Uh, we'd like to thank the entire panel, of course. Actor Vinnie Mac, Vincent Eisenson, who left the building, the virtual building, that is. Thank you so much, Vinnie Mac, for joining us. Thank you so much, Anna Kay, the ravishing Russian. <laughs> thank you for joining us here on BTB. It's lovely course, being here. Thank yes. you. Yes. And last but certainly not least, joining us a little later in the program, your friendly neighborhood police officer, actor extraordinaire, Victor Dobro. Thank you so much for uh, joining us um, a little later in the program, but we're happy to have you nonetheless, man. Thank you. Please throw out your plugs. Go ahead. Can you say that again? Oh, no, not my plug, but plug for Top Gun Maverick <laughs> is in Dolby Atmos, available on Apple TV. I bought it for $19. Oh. And... Um, it's great in my new Atmos system, um, but yeah, it's 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 great. Since I couldn't get Atmos in the theaters, they were false advertising it. Now I, I got a little system at home. Oh, you got but the you system got at home, and you yeah, saw the film. Gun. You saw the film at home, and what could you say about it watching it at home? Yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah, it's 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 just almost like the theater experience. Wow, I can't believe it's still in the top five of the box office, um, even yeah. though it's it just was released uh, for home viewing. Um, and of course, closing tonight's show, um, in post-production that is, um, interview with Canadian stand-up comedian, Sophie Buttle, um, and that will be closing out tonight's show. So thank you so much for everybody. And, uh, we will see you guys next week until then. Peace. All right, guys, special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. Canadian comedian extraordinaire. Um, she's got a new special on Crave TV that we have to check out. Uh, she's been on the James Corden Show. She's been on the LOL Network. She's been in comedy here often, uh, just for laughs, you name it. Uh, Sophie Buttle, welcome to BTV. Oh, thank you so much for having me. How are you this morning? Oh, pretty great this morning. Well, for us, it's afternoon on here on the East Coast. Oh, okay. Uh, where where are you at? Uh, Maryland, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Have you performed out here in this part of town, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? Um, I don't think I have yet, but this year I've I just got my American work papers, like you know, around Christmas, well, around last Christmas. So I keep I keep touring and going to places that I had not heard of, and you know, maybe next will be Virginia. Yeah, because when you start going on these tours, yeah, you'll you'll be going to like small town America, perhaps, and yeah, all over. And you just moved. I just saw that you said you moved uh, to the U.S. from Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, I moved to L.A. Oh, good. Yeah, How, yeah. But how's I, that move been? It's been great. I haven't been in town very much because I've been touring so much. But you know, seeing small town America is better than L.A. <laughs> Now, um, what decisions, um, I guess, how, what made you decide to let's give uh, Hollywood a shot? Uh, obviously, that's the mecca of entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, a lot of uh, Vancouver actors that I've interviewed uh, love just staying in Vancouver because they feel that that's where the work is as well. 
Yeah, totally. Well, it is nice to be on the West Coast in case I, I book Vancouver stuff. It's easy to, easy to go back up, but I still have my Vancouver apartment, so I feel like I've got oh. I've got my toes in both in both cities. But it was hard to decide um, when I was going to the states if I was going to go to LA or New York because I'm just, I'm a I'm a stand up. I'm really like a through and through stand up, and anything else I do is just kind of runoff from that. And everybody says if you're you know if you care about stand up, you're supposed to go to New York. But right. um, I'm trying to make a little bit USD, and I think LA is the only way to do that. <laughs> and you mean dollars, just to clarify. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. There's sorry. another uh, nickname for D, that which you will do in your stand-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what we're alluding to here. But anyways, uh, first of all, being on stage of James Corden must have been a career highlight so far. I mean, I looked at 28 million people viewed that particular um, – Oh really? Yeah, twenty-eight million on 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 the James Corden YouTube page. Oh, that's crazy! I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Ah. Uh, and and in to that, me, I guess. <laughs> in that particular uh, set, you uh, mentioned about uh, your boyfriend's schoolgirl fetish. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it ends up being like a play on words, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say he's not alone on that fetish, but but in today's society, yeah, you got to think, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, you know. <laughs> I mean, if it helps, if it helps at all, that is my oldest joke. I wrote that when I was 16 and I was living in Ottawa. And that's like, that's the only joke that that's, that's that old that has like lived for this long. Oh, right. um, so that's not a that's not a real thing that my boyfriend has. I <laughs> I project a lot of stuff onto like, you know, this vague, vague person in my set. And people always ask me, they're like, oh, does your boyfriend mind all these jokes about him? And I'm like, well, they're not true. So he probably minds that I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's good to know. Yeah. So so you meant a jo joke longevity. Have there been jokes that back in the day were cool but would not land today? Yes, definitely. I mean, as as society progresses and we become more empathetic as a group, of course, there's going to be jokes that that no longer hold up. And I'm sure mm -hmm. I have some of those too. Like I I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure if anybody wanted to cancel me, they could go combing through old sets and find something bad. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I I hope you don't mind me bringing up because you did uh, address no, this in the GF JFL just I guess the Just for Last keynote address. Mm -hmm. about cancel culture and yes a lot of comedians are are facing this um due to inappropriate jokes i mean the, the behavioral issues is different obviously but yeah but, yeah but certain mean, jokes people, um, people might get in trouble for for a joke that they told uh, especially like an older one if they were if it was if it doesn't like hold up really with with today's standards but i think the thing that really affects careers is if somebody's like yeah, exactly. Doing like in-person criminal <laughs> behavior. Exactly. That's that's really what gets you actually canceled. Yeah. So what kind of steps do you go to to make sure that the jokes that you tell um, are, I guess, uh, acceptable for today's today's audience? Yeah. I mean, I honestly think if you're telling something that you believe to be genuinely true, that it's acceptable. Like, it feels like it's it's often the people that are just trying to antagonize others that are are doing things that are not appropriate. And I think that if there's truth in something, then you should have confidence saying it. And you know, sometimes you do need to go a little bit deeper than whatever 
initial truths you you wrote the joke on and figure out maybe why you feel this way if it's if it's controversial or something but I do think that you can you can get away with talking about anything like I'm I'm not someone that thinks you can only talk about things that you know are directly in your circle because especially if you're a professional comic and you're you're doing an hour every year or something like you run out of stuff about your own parents and and you have opinions about the world and when if you have fans like your fans want to hear your takes on on the things that are that are happening at that time you know so i think that you can i think as comics if you're a good comic you can talk about anything but you have to you have to really figure out what your point is very good yeah and you actually had a good analogy it's almost like uh making a mistake at work and getting fired for it Mm. Or some of the, um, I believe you said that on your keynote address uh, for just for yeah, while, yeah, exactly. It's just everyone saying, "Oh yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting canceled or something." It's like, exactly. It's like if you mis- make a mistake at work, like on stage, and then people don't want to work with you anymore. That's just that's part of any job. But that's that's another thing. It's true. It's like we're not doing improv comedy. Like there's not going to be something that that slips out that gets you in trouble. Like if you're going to the point of putting out jokes to the general public, you've practiced that on stage and you've written it right. and you've run it by people. Like if something is making it to the public arena, that's something that that comic is sure about. And so if, if that's something that gets them canceled, then they need to have, you know, maybe a few more filters in the future for their jokes. Uh, do you feel that a comeback is possible for certain canceled comics and what should be done for those particular comics that have been canceled? Yeah, yeah, no, of course there is. And especially when it is something like uh, just a joke that was that was inappropriate from the past. I think that um, society does have a tolerance for forgiveness for that. But I read a thing that was really interesting about how human beings are really like programmed to want revenge and that's why like the american justice system is like very punitive like like humans have this instinct that if someone did something bad they should they should suffer and they should you know be punished interesting and i yeah and i I don't really i don't think that that's something that i believe in i don't i don't think that that really makes sense like i do think that if somebody is being inappropriate to their co-workers that's not a job they should be allowed in anymore um and so i don't think um if somebody is like causing problems for you know female comics off stage that they necessarily should be allowed back in unless they acknowledge their behavior and are not going to do those things moving forward but it seems like a lot of the time they just say oh I've done nothing wrong and to me that means they're going to continue doing what they've done and that they shouldn't come back but I, I really genuinely believe even if somebody has done that if they acknowledge that they did it and they know what they did was wrong, they should be allowed to come back. And I think that's a really big part of this because we're in this very sensitive, you know, mob mentality. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. And I... right. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that that's that's the way to do things because people that have done something wrong can't admit to doing something wrong because they, they think they'll never be let back in and they think they're going to lose their career and their job and their family and everything. But people are doing bad things, and I think the way to make people do less bad things is when you do do something wrong, you should have the you should be allowed to say I've done these things wrong, and I'm going to be better in the future, and they should be allowed to come back. Awesome, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And especially, you know, the, obviously the 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 bad behavior off stage is different. 
because mm-hmm. the, the, the several comments fell into that category. Jokes are jokes, people, you know, they're meant yeah. to, for people to laugh at, you know, and uh, I feel so, a lot of people just, ah, uh, they're just way too fragile and they need to, <laughs> they need to just well, need yeah, to laugh but I, a lot. The thing know? is, like, I've had jokes that are like, like maybe it's something that affects me directly that I've heard a comic do and then have not laughed or whatever, but I would never tell them not to do that joke. It's just like, oh, maybe this comic is not for me or even just that joke is not for me. I don't think that you need to like write off a whole comic just because one joke hurts your feelings. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad. And I'm glad, I'm glad that's the way that we should def- definitely look at that for sure. So, uh, um, but yeah, um, tell us about uh, your journey uh, getting into comedy uh, in Vancouver. How's the comedy scene in Vancouver? And uh, I guess uh, your comedic influences as well. Yeah, totally. So uh, I started when I was 15 in Ottawa. And my my mom and I used to go to just like the open mic night just to go watch together just as a little mother daughter date situation. Um, and then because it was the the open mic night, it was like not intimidating. It's not like I was watching HBO specials and whatever. I was just watching people right. go up and bomb, and I was like, oh, I could bomb. That's why. Like when you see other people bomb, and then they're just hanging out at the club afterwards, and you can see that their life's not ruined. You're like. Oh, there's like no pressure. It's it's a very low pressure art form because you bomb and you feel kind of bad, but nothing happens. Um, I was just talking to my musician friend who's because like when you're a stand up and you have a bad set, obviously it's because nobody's laughing. But mm. I, I I couldn't understand that musicians also get bad audiences sometimes, and it's just like yeah. nobody's dancing or people don't clap after songs. Yeah. It's, like, it's like it feels bad, but nothing nothing happens. And I realize that it's it's the same for stand ups. You can bomb, but and it's kind of cringe while you're on stage, but it's really not that big of a deal. Right. Um, um, and oh, yeah. OK, so, yeah, I started when I was 15 and then um, I moved to Vancouver when I was 18 to go to fashion school. But I dropped out right away. Um, but the comedy scene in Vancouver is really amazing. And yeah, just really, really strong writing in, in the whole scene. And you, when you travel, when you travel a lot and you get to see the scenes in different cities, you do notice trends and Vancouver does have just really exceptional writing for whatever reason. I think it's because like the bigger people in Vancouver, the bigger comics are such strong writers and the scene is, is quite small. So if you're a new comic and you're kind of, and you're moving past the open mic scene, you're on the same shows as the best comics in town. And so you have to follow them and you're on a bunch of the same shows together that week. So you see how they, develop a new joke and how they add stuff and how they act on stage. And so I really think it strengthens everybody when a scene is small enough that, that newer people perform with, with the pros. It's like when you play, um, when you go skiing with people that are better than you, it just makes you better. And I think it's the size of the city that makes everybody get, get strengthened um, by the good people and, uh, and my comedic influences. Um, yeah. I Which mean, are probably the same people that you watched that made you want to take it to their level too, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like my my um my when I first moved to Vancouver, I was just like totally obsessed with Erica Sigurdsson and Graham Clark from and Dino Archie. Those are the three big ones for me. But like there's so many that I should name, you know, but those were for me the my biggest influences in Vancouver. And um unfortunately, uh, my biggest influence sort of overall was Louis C.K. <laughs> But it's yes. so funny talking about, I mean, it makes sense when I say that, when I'm like, yeah, people should be allowed to come back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when, 
I'm like, I think him the most. Yeah, him the most. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, mean, it's been catch a lot him of... in the act. You can push him over, like you said, in one of your stand-up routines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just push him over. Just <laughs> <watch>. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just I try so hard to to be consistent in my morals. So like I, it's it's so hard when you're the person that you idolize the most is somebody that did the thing that you you think is so bad. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's a really it's a really difficult thing to to juggle. And I think a lot of comics dealt with that with Bill Cosby too, because I know he was the biggest influence for like yeah. so many of my comic friends. And when you're a fan of a comic, especially as a, as a comic, and you have this person that you really like base so much stuff on, when you're a fan of them, you're not just a fan of, you know, their music or this or that. Like you're a fan of like who they are as a person. Like when you're a fan of a standup, you're a fan of like that, like the, their inside. You know, this is this is the person's lens of the world that you want to see. And so yeah. when you find out they're doing something predatory, you really feel like it's a personal flaw of yours that you that you, you know, subscribe to this person so deeply. So it is like, it does feel like a real, um, like moral moment where you have to decide like, oh, is, is there something that I, you know, I'm not, I'm not solid on that I, you know, I'm so attached to this person. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And of course, uh, going off to your uh, Juno award, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. For 2020 best comedy album of the year, which was mistakenly categorize and easy listening for one of <laughs> that was my mistake <laughs> which <laughs> i was like i put it out myself i put it out independently um right. and then while i was uploading it on whatever website i was using i couldn't find the comedy the comedy genre right and i was easy like, listening I as your boyfriend's <laughs> grabbing a towel to wipe you off <laughs> right i mean i i think my album's easy to listen to and so i figured that makes sense as a genre <laughs> But I'm reading that you're the first female comic to actually win the Juno Award. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How did that feel? That felt great. It was like, it felt really cool. And it was like a really big, big moment for my career. But I was also mid-pandemic. So I was just at home alone in my apartment when I found out that I won. So it was a little, felt a little anticlimactic, you know. I got my my trophy in the mail a couple weeks Mm -hmm. later. (laughs) Like we yeah. never didn't get to do like a big red carpet moment or anything, so it yeah. almost it almost felt unreal because I was just just that continued is... sitting in my apartment playing Animal Crossing. Like my life didn't really change. <laughs> 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 there, there's also like I'm so obsessed with female comics. Okay, like yeah, yeah, Nikki Glaser and Beth Stelling are, are huge ones for me. Um, Glazer, yeah. Yeah, and then when I was first starting, I just watched Sarah Silverman's special over and over again. Um, but I, I'm really drawn to female comics. Like I'm, I definitely find, especially right now, I'm, I'm more likely to like laugh out loud at a female comics set than a male yeah. comic. And it, I think it's just cause men aren't funny. I'm just kidding. But I think like, <laughs> I think, I think I, I think I'm just, I'm really connecting with, oh, and, um, a, a, a female comic that I met since I moved to the state is Ali Makovsky. And she's nice. like immediately one of my favorites. Like she's so funny. She she's like very absurd, but like yeah, she's oops, she's amazing. Yeah. So two of the my favorite uh, female comedians, including yourself, of course, is uh, mm-hmm. uh, Amy Schumer and Eliza Schlesinger, and they've gone yeah. off from stand up to do film and television. Do you see mm-hmm. yourself uh, following? Uh, in those footsteps and doing uh, any film or te- television work? And if so, what would you like to do? 
Yeah, well, there's a couple things that are that are up in the air right now that I that I might be doing. So definitely behind the scenes, scenes I'm doing a lot of a lot of writing and and auditioning for things. Okay. So yeah, so I'm just I'm just waiting for for sort of the first big thing to to catch. But I definitely want to do that, as you know, because I'm trying to make some of this USD, obviously. Yeah, and I, and you make so much more money in film and TV than than being a stand up and. It's like it's gotten a little bit better. Like they like they do pay comics better in the states than in Canada, but you can't. The amount of upkeep it takes for my hair and stuff. Like I need I need to get a TV job to to maintain yeah. that. I'm very high maintenance. <laughs> well, yeah, you're almost going into fashion. Uh, what what um what TV show would you love to be a part of? Like if you could choose, what yeah, would you top television so, shows. To- Totally. So my favorite two shows are White Lotus and Succession. Those are like those TV shows have both moved me to my core. Wow. And they're not comedy per se. I I would describe them both as like dramedy. Dramedy, yeah. But I I, I like that because I find that like Succession is produced by Will Ferrell. Um, Will Ferrell and um, Adam. um, Okay. Adam McKay, yeah, and so, yeah. so I the jokes are are obviously it's not like the same kind of jokes per minute <clears throat> as like a Seinfeld or something, right? But I but I do find when when they do put jokes in, they're better than any any jokes in a in a comedy show. Wow. Yeah, and I think that it makes okay. the jokes better if there's really solid um, drama storylines and writing because you really feel more sucked into the world, and then the jokes hit even harder. But I also wow. love, I don't know if you're a Nathan Fielder fan, but I've been, I, the thing is, I'm such a huge fan of his new show, The Rehearsal, but that's not something that you can, yes. like, apply to be on. That's right. It's just his child. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that. I've heard amazing, I haven't seen the show yet, but I've heard amazing things about that show. Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you watch Nathan for you at all, but this is just him, like, progressing at his best. Like, for, for me, his career has been, like, a perfect he's he's every opportunity he's had he's taken it and he's he's really ran with it in exactly what he thinks is funny which I think is like really honorable because I think as soon as you get some heat it can be it can be easy to just kind of become a parody of yourself um but to take the chance of doing something that you think is really weird and cool is like kind of brave because you could you could be throwing it all away (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, and I heard just so you're not even sure what's scripted, what's not scripted. I hear so yeah. many things about that particular show in general. Wow, very, very cool. So uh, let's talk about this comedy special, um, which I definitely want to check out. Um, hopefully, I can. I don't have crave currently, but it's called Smile Baby, and mm. uh, it's a half hour special, roughly, on uh, Crave TV for for Canadians, but uh, for us Americans, for us Yankees, mm-hmm. um, do you know where how we can see it? Um, I don't think Americans can see it without okay. a without a, like a VPN or something, but um, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm 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 trying to um, arrange an American special soon too. So um, I guess just you can watch that unless you're you're in town in Canada, then you could I'm sure you could watch it somewhere. Of course, or maybe even bring Smile Baby to one of the streaming platforms here in the U.S. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're shopping it around, but that's not that's not any of my business. Wow, wow. what can we expect from Smile Baby? Um, it's edgy, it's fun, it's flirty, 
Um, I talk about some serious things, but I'm I'm definitely uh, silly about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I really, really would love to see it. Absolutely. So um, are, are you still, you still have the same boyfriend that you talked about many times in your stand-up routine? Yeah, same boyfriend. Obviously, not all of the jokes are about him. Some of them are um, other men grand, in the past. Grand, grandfathered in, yeah, from, from past things. <laughs> like the Alex, the blow guy, Alex. Um, Alex. You, you called uh, one of your blow my blow guy. Oh. You do recall one? <laughs> no, I don't even remember that. But I did date an Alex for a while. Yeah, so that's probably the Alex you're referring to on your yeah. stuff that I watch. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying instead of date, you said, this is a guy I kind of blow right now. It's a, is that, is oh, I mean, yeah, that would have been Alex. I'm not really in love with him. I just kind of blow him right now. Yeah, no, I mean, he didn't mind either. It was a pretty good arrangement we had. Okay. Okay. So you moved on since him? Yeah, yeah. Since okay. him, I, well, I've been with my boyfriend for six years now. So Alex was the guy before him. Okay. Yeah. So both both uh, both guys you have experiences with that you talk about in your stand up routine and, and both are cool about it. I mean, they seem cool about it. They don't really, you know, it's not it's not really it doesn't really make sense in today's political climate to tell a woman what she can and cannot say. So I do get away with right. a little bit more probably than they would like. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Wow. Well, Sophie, this has been fantastic. Wow. Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for chatting with us here on Below the Belt show. I mean, you do reference a few things below the belt in your stand-up routines, which, <laughs> which is definitely <laughs> worth checking out. Um, yeah. I mean, check. Uh, you have your own YouTube page. I was noticing, and uh, yeah, audiences, please check out uh, yeah, James Corden. Yeah, please check out and court Canadian listeners, please check out Smile Baby on Crave. So hopefully, uh, us Americans can enjoy that uh, special. Uh, very soon as well. Um, yeah, I also so, have a podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We didn't. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk. Yes. Thank you. Obsessed yeah. No, thank you. Sophie Buttle. Yeah. Let's talk about the podcast. Oh yeah. It's just I I, I have people on and they talk about um what that whatever they're obsessed with and sometimes it's like a real obsession that somebody has a problem with and sometimes it's just like a comedian that's like I'm, I could be obsessed with something and then it you know I had one friend that came on and was obsessed with with revenge. <laughs> And then I had another friend, you know, they came on and was obsessed with eggs. So you never know what you're going to get. I do love them for breakfast, no doubt. What is your yeah. top five obsessions, Sophie? My top five obsessions? Yes. So that's a great question. I would say American politics, probably number oh. one. I've always been obsessed with American politics, especially as a Canadian. I'm I'm separate enough from it that I can enjoy the spectacle without feeling like, like it has anything to do with me. <laughs> um because it is quite theatrical, um, American politics. Uh, I, I'm also obsessed with reality TV, sort of the same, I guess, sort of the same thing that I enjoy about Bachelor, it. It's Bachelorette. Just, yeah, yeah, just watch, watching just train wrecks happen before my eyes. <laughs> 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 A lot of comedy there. Yeah, I'm obsessed yeah. with caffeine, definitely. Yes, um, Yeah, I'm obsessed with aliens. And Love some sci-fi. And I guess last one, uh, thrift shopping. Nice. That's some good obsessions. Wow. Yeah. What are yours? Your top five. Wow. That's a great. Wow. That's a good one. Um, mm. uh, um, whiskey. Right. <laughs> right. When I'm out. Caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun beverages so far. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons of fun beverages. <laughs> um, I love um, I love to laugh, so I'm obsessed with uh, watching comedies. Yeah, oh, I'm a big a fan of, of 
all kinds of comedians. Um, um, I can be, people have described me as being so obsessed with some certain celebrities. Oh, which celebrities? Uh, Marco Robbie. I talk about it on my podcast all the time. Oh my God. I love Marco Robbie. I so I was just, I just recorded a new season of roast bottles, Canada, which is like roast bottles, like, um, you, you know, roast bottles, like, comments. yes, so up yeah, each go other. back and forth. Yeah, and somebody's to take it, take on each other. Yeah, one of one of the burdens on me was somebody called me uh, Margot Bloppy. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best one, honestly. But it was, was funny. You, you liked it, yeah. right? No, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so funny? One more. I think I mentioned four, right? Yeah, yeah, one more. Um, uh, I'm obsessed with um. When I go to a different city, I like to try the top museum and top uh, restaurant. Like I, um, so you know, going to Chicago very recently, I had to to do both, you know. Um, and then uh, I was in Dallas not too long ago, in Portland. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, Dallas, all good Portland food cities, were first time cities for me. So mm-hmm. I, those are all very recently. So I was like, I got I got to do this. I got to go to this museum as an art aficionado, and I got to try this restaurant as a foodie. So. Yeah, those are great things. I, I love a museum too. My my when I go to new cities because I'm always on tour, I always go to the thrift shops, like wherever the cool. There's there's usually a little thrift strip in most cities, and so that's always really fun to walk around. Awesome! Wow. So yeah, check out the uh, Sophie's podcast, Obsessed with Sophie Buttle, Smile Baby on Crave, um, your YouTube page. Uh, Sophie, this was fantastic. You're yeah, so awesome nice meeting you. Yes. Um. And if you could, before we let you go, let us know who you are, throw out some of your accolades, and then at the end, make a reference to our show title called Below the Belt Show. And whatever yeah, no problem. Help up, come up with that. Great. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Sophie Bottle. I'm a Juno Award winner, comedian, writer, and actress, and podcaster, sure. And you're listening to Below the Belt. Awesome. Any Below the Belt reference? Oh, oh, like, um, um, okay, yeah, and, um, you know, and hopefully you listen to this and you feel a little tingle below the belt. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is, yes. Okay, perfect. That was all. (laughs) Comedians are the best with the promos. I love it. (laughs) One was like, below the belt, you'll need a yardstick. Oh, classic, (laughs) classic. That's good stuff. Below the belt with me, you'll need a yardstick. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, thank you, Sophie. And uh, have a great, uh, great time. And um, we look forward to hearing more exciting things. Yeah, it was so nice meeting you. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.